Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Happy Friday, one and all, to all who celebrate. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's Derek. I'm Rob. What's up, Gunner Man? How you doing, my brother? I'm beautiful, man. I'm beautiful. We're all. I'm looking outside, man. I got up. I had to get up early three times this morning with this dog has some kind of virus, and it's raining. And I'm thinking it's a little cooler outside. This is like what we went through in June, man. August is supposed to be the hottest month. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're, the high today. We're looking at like 80, 81, uh, and overcast the rest of the day. Where yeah. We're yeah, and look at the forecast outlook, it's not gonna be that hot. It's not crazy, yeah. It's not, it's definitely like it, it July was way hotter for sure. I mean, that means we're gonna get a weird September if oh, August man. continues like this. We're gonna get a weird September. Why well, don't we get one of those Indian summers, you know, where it's warm in December and January? Oh, I'm with you. And we didn't get any snow last year. It's crazy. It's, oh, it why did you say that? I tried to avoid saying that. Don't say that. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. What's up, Forrest? What's up, Eagles fam? What's up, Dynasty? What is up, James? Chris D, Tina, 
What is up, JM, Mr. Taz, whoever I missed, Kevin, I see Kevin, uh, I see Jeeb, uh, I see Sweenbull. If I miss somebody, I, my apologies because they're going fast and furious as usual. All right, so uh, Eagles fan, it's 97 where he's at. Um, so hope everybody's well. Golly. Yeah, 97 time, man. Eagles fan, where are you, man? I may fly out there this weekend. <laughs> it's gunner weather right there. Man. That's for sure. Um all right, so a lot going on here, Derek. Uh, Eagles are Eagles just finished up. What's up, Soya? Finished up practice number six today. Uh, so a couple things. Um, one, uh, Patrick Johnson went down and was carted off. Uh, linebacker. Yep. That's not great. And it from some of the onlookers and some of the reporters that were there, it didn't look real good. Um, yeah, he's, just- he's a depth guy good yeah, yeah i checked with a couple of my people and they said they're checking his knee uh, yeah it's a left knee unfortunately yeah. um you know hey look sometimes you don't know right we've seen some bad stuff with guys yeah. being carted off and it's not as bad as we thought cjgj at center mm-hmm. let's let's hey. hope let's pray for the young man so hopefully he'll be all right patrick johnson uh linebacking linebacking depth right there you know and the thing is they're they're a little shy right now nicobe dean uh, not practicing today, precautionary stuff, but he's out today. Christian Ellis and Morrow were the starters at linebacker uh, today. Not surprising. I'm telling you, Christian Ellis is going to win that position. I'm telling you. Yeah. It feels yeah. like it. He's making a real push. He, he he showed out last year when he got a shot. And I think they, they're figuring out, like, this guy can play. This guy can play. Yeah. Um, I just – I understand they brought Morrow in here, but they didn't have they didn't have to pay a whole lot to get him here. Number one, so that doesn't mean they're they're committed to him starting. You know this this doesn't have to be another um, Kazir White situation where they they brought him in and immediately plugged him and played. You know uh, Christian Ellis showed flashes that uh, he's ready to, ready to elevate to that next level, and I think they're doing everything possible to showcase that to make it's going to make the decision harder, but. Hopefully they make the right decisions with it. Yeah. No, look, I agree. And it's, it's, if there's any spot, I would say that in safety, but if there's any spots that are, that are, you know, doable where there's some competition, it's those spots. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's something that I think is a d- distinct possibility that they, uh, that you could win that thing. I know right, it's not right. etched in stone by any stretch. So, Hey, go get it, man. Go get it. If you're that guy, they'll find you. They will find you. Um, yeah. And I, I agree, Mr. Taz. We, 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 if he, if he's starting, I gotta, I gotta get hook up the Ellis Jersey, right? We gotta make this happen. Although will, we, but, we still have an S problem. Will you add an S to your name or will you get a piece of black tape and just put it over the extra uh, S uh, in his name? All right. How I'm about sure. this? How about yeah. this? If, if Christian Ellis wins defensive player of the year, I will, I will legally change my name, my last name and add an S. Don't do that. Don't 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 do that. Your wife is not, your wife is not going to go for that. I, he has to win defensive player of the year. I mean, you know what? Every now and then, a blind a blind squirrel finds an acorn. Just remember that. All right, all right. Well, we'll see. I, I put it out there. We'll see. Uh, not dude, a, just because of that, I would love to see the look on your face if that dude somehow won defensive player of the year. It would be pretty funny. It would be pretty funny. Hey, uh, make sure you save this clip, Tone. Make sure you store this in a special arc. <laughs> Uh, I, I look, I'm, I'm on record. So we, I, uh, 1207 on August 4th, uh, 2023. It's out there. It's yeah. out there. Not taking it back. There's no pullback at this point. Okay. All right. 
All right. So that happened. Uh, apparently, it was not the best day for Jalen Hurts. Uh, not super sharp. He throws his first pick. Uh, he had a couple other sort of misplays. And apparently, Nick Sirianni got on him a little bit today, which is that, that Nick does not, you know, uh, pull favorites. He'll get on you. It doesn't matter who you are. And it was pretty funny. At one point, Hertz was over on the sidelines doing push-ups as as his punishment, which I think it was self-inflicted punishment. Um, you, you know so. what? Uh, everybody's human. Uh, there's no such thing as a flawless human being. Everybody has an off day at the office. This is off day. I'd rather have him have this off day uh, at the practice office than a game office, right? Oh, yeah. you, you know what? First of all, he's been great all camp so far. But yeah, absolutely, get it out of your way. Get it, get it out of your system at this point. It's yeah. all good. Um, all right, beyond that, Derek. So uh, while we were on the game ended, the Phillies won yesterday, um, and they took three out of four. As ugly as as Wednesday night was, they still end up taking three out of four, uh, which is big, you know, for a team that was they were neck and neck with yep. going into that series to to get that one, to get that that finale yesterday, and to have Michael Lorenzen pitch as well as he pitched. Here's a good thing, too, is you, you put a little space between yourself and the Marlins. So the Phillies are 59 and 50 now, and the yep. Marlins are 58 and 52. And the Phillies are are, are one game up uh, for second place in the wild card standings. Uh, they got they, they trail the Giants, but they're ahead of the Reds now. They're ahead of the Marlins, Diamondbacks, and Cubs. Cubs keep keep winning, man. They won again last night. They've uh-huh. won uh, 8 of 10. So they're keep your eye on the Cubbies. They are, they are heating up. And, Derek... Your Kansas City Royals. Oh my! Your, oh my! Kansas City Royals. Your your Royals have won six in a row. All right, they are scorching right now as they come into Philadelphia tonight. Um, didn't the Oakland A's go on a winning streak right before they played the Phillies? Correct. And what happened when they played the Phillies? The Phillies they took they won the series. Yeah. Okay. So there's no there's no way they're losing this series to Kansas City. There's I don't no think way. so. I don't think so either. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that one, but they're but whatever they're hot. Look, I here's the thing. Let's put it in perspective. Are they hot? Yeah, they're hot. You know who's pitching tonight for them? Who? So they go in tonight, and the pitcher for the Royals, his name is Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles is uh, brutal. Two and twelve with a six one five ERA. Oh geez. Okay. Oh. So oh. take care of your business. Take care of your business tonight. We, we Aaron, no, Aaron Nola, show up tonight, please. Thank we you. Might, we might see four four Phillies home runs tonight in this game, but we also might see the Phillies give up four home runs depending on how long Nola's in the game. I, that's the thing. Well, the, the, here's the toughest thing with Nola. Usually when, when you can tell either, like as the game goes on, a guy starts to get better and better. Like Lorenzen was really good from the jump yesterday, right? But yep. with Nola – he can be great through four innings and then all of a sudden the implosion inning comes and it's like, you know, it, it, it's a detonator goes off. You just, you can't be comfortable with him until, you know, until he's out, until he's out of the game. I, I don't trust Aaron Nola. I really don't. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I got to watch the game because he's pitching, but I, I don't trust it. Every pitch he throws, I'm waiting to turn – I'm waiting to be like the outfielders turn my head and watch the ball go like this. You know, isn't that the worst? Like when it's your guy, it's the best. When the when the outfielder doesn't move, when a guy drills yep. one over the fence, when it's your guy pitching, it's like, oh, I almost feel like as you're an, as an outfielder, you should give it like a half an effort, even though it's like in the upper tank, just to make your guy look a little better. 
Yeah, see, William Stark says Nola, no HRs tonight. Yeah. I wouldn't put money on that. I know. I'm going and down the game. I'm going down the game, Derek. So I'm, are I'm, you really? In, yeah. In the rain? You going down I, the rain? I don't think it's supposed to. I think it's going to just be kind of like overcast. I, I think. Do you get free um, tickets? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Next. Next question. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see. I, I'm hoping. Look, if it's the Royals, can I get a freaking win? Can I go to see a win, please? The last time I went, they were up, and then they fell apart against the Braves. So I need a win, Derek. Okay, I need a win. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. They, they should sweep Kansas City. I agree. I, look, t- minimum two out of three should be a no. Score. No, I'm not giving. No, that's letting them off. You're the not hook. even going minimum. Okay. No, no, that's letting them off the hook. They should sweep Kansas City. No, I got who's, you. Who's Kansas City beat during the six game winning streak of theirs? Let's see. Who have they Royale with cheese? Who have they beaten here? Uh, they've beaten the New York Mets, El Stenkos. Okay, yep. we know that. Yep. Beat a decent Twins team. The Twins are okay. You know, Twins are okay. So that's who it's been. It was the Twins and the Mets. Yeah. A couple, couple, two extra inning games mixed in there, too. So they won two straight series? That's what it is. Yep. They lost two out of three to Cleveland in the previous series. Then they won three straight against the Twins and then three straight against the Mets. That tells you more about the Mets than it does anything else. All right. Let's be real. They they, they got a bunch of AAA players. It's Mets just, are in, you know, tea times are made, you, you know, for the Mets. That's for sure. Uh, all right. Did you watch any of the Hall of Fame game last night? Yes. Watched the first half and most most of the names I'm going, huh? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yes. But I, I had it on the whole game, but I watched most of the first half. Yes. I, I am a straight lunatic. I, I had it on the – I watched the whole game. You're a sick individual. I know. It's not – it's not – I'm not I proud. Will- Hey, your boy, the, your boy, the Milf Hunter dropped a dime though. Milf Hunter threw. It was probably the best pass that I've seen him throw <laughs> in in, the, in his NFL career. Yeah, it was nice. Malik Taylor, he dropped. He dropped. It, it was a good throw it, to his credit. Um, and guess who called the play? Yeah, baby. Aaron Rodgers called Coach, it. Coach Rodgers. Yeah, he was actually. It's, he's so you never know what you're getting with him. He was he, he was very engaging. Last night they did a sideline interview with him, and you could tell he was in a good yep. mood. Yeah, and he was he was actually very insightful and very in, like he was he was good. Like if when you get that guy, he's likable. Yeah, some of the other stuff you, it, you're just like, dude, enough, enough already. But he was very good last night, and I will say this: you know, Wilson and, and all the players too have have gone out of their way to say that like he's really taken to the mentor role. Um, and Wilson said he's gone above and beyond, like things he absolutely didn't have to do for me. He's doing for me. So I, I like that. That's pretty cool. I'm telling you, he's trying to change his image um, yeah. because this is a breath of fresh air for him. Yeah. Uh, he is on a team that's loaded. He didn't, he didn't just get traded to any team. Right. He got traded to a team that's loaded. And all they needed was that the, the only missing link was that quarterback. And he's it. And, you know, he's embraced the culture, embraced the city. Yeah. You know, for a guy who spent 18 years in small town Green Bay, you know, he's really embracing the night, the, the bright lights of the big city. You know, uh, the 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 extra amount of media at the practice sessions, taking in the nightlife at games and theater plays and stuff like that. Yeah. And taking uh, going out with the guys like he he's yep. taking he and Sauce were to Nick, Sauce Gardner were to Nick's game. He's he's really 
found a bond with the young guys, uh, it, it appears, too. Which is, which is cool. Sauce, Sauce is like 23. He's 39. So right. you're right. He, he's making himself one of the boys. He's walked in there. He's not He's not portrayed himself as I'm bigger than the moment. No, no. Um, and I'm sure there are players who are saying, you know what? Some of the stuff I heard about him so far is not true. Right, right. You know? it, it's good for him. I mean, look, I, he, I think he also knew, like, people were sort of getting Aaron Rodgers fatigue. You know what I mean? It was getting kind of tiresome and old. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I, yeah that's some self awareness there. So that's good. Good for him. And during his during his uh, interview uh, with NBC, he was very complimentary of Green Bay. I'm sitting there waiting for him yep. to take a shot at Green Bay. Now he, he gave Jordan Love a nice shout out too. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, very complimentary of his, his of his past and his present. Yep. Um, and, and I'm just telling you, he's like the poster boy now for what's supposed to be right for a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. It'll be interesting to see what ends up happening uh, there with him. Hey, good news here, Derek. Good news. Jeff yep. McLean reporting or just tweeted out correction because he said originally it looked like it was going to be pretty serious, potentially season ending the injury to Patrick Johnson. Correction, Patrick's injury isn't considered serious, sources said, still waiting on further testing. That's huge. That's very, very good. It's good but, you know, I, I, want, I, I need a final determination, Rob, because how many times have we seen guys – go down, grab a knee in a game or a practice, get up, walk off the field, or slowly jog off the field. Yeah. And the next day you find out he's got a torn ACL. No, you're right. That's why you, you don't – until every test that's is it, in, yeah. you want to just wait. You want to be cautious. But, again, hopefully that's – you know, it's just something was a scare, right? Hopefully yes. that's all yes. it is. Uh, th- this was interesting because we've talked about this quite a bit. So Dallas Goddard was on uh, the midday show with WIP with Joe Giglio and Hugh Douglas. And he said, um, hopefully I can get past a thousand yards this year. It's been a goal of mine for a long time. Hopefully I can stay healthy, play a whole year and break that. Hopefully I have 100 catches and hopefully this year me, Smitty and AJ can all surpass a thousand yards. <laughs> Look, I, I, I say, I, you, you know what I always say with him? Here's the key number, 17, play 17 games. He gets yeah. 17 games, anything can happen with his ability. True. But who, 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 who's getting most of the throws? That's the – well, I was going to say that's the problem. It's not a problem, yeah. but that's, that's the, the quandary that you're in if you're him because A.J. and Devontae are getting more balls than you're getting. I mean, plain and simple, they're getting more targets than he's getting. Well, not only that, but when you look at the caliber of some of the defenses they're playing, I believe he's going to be have to stay in and help block it more than he wants to, to be Agreed. honest. That's true. You know? And then oh, you and, 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 and at, you're right. Add to that that Swift's going to catch more, too. Yep. That's, right. That's, you know, so, I mean, nothing's impossible, but I don't think it's likely. I think more in the 65 to 70 range is, 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 is a good target number for him. Yeah. Um, I, I love his lofty goals, but when you got two guys who are thousand yard receivers and you know, the quarterback's looking for them first, and then you got to swing into out of the backfield of Swift. There's, there ain't enough balls to go around, man. It just, there just isn't, you mm-hmm. know? And if you got a team that's going to press Jalen Hurts more and send an extra attacker, you got to keep the tight end in the block. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. And, and this is too, Derek, where numbers can sometimes be a little deceiving. Here's what I mean by that. If Dallas Goddard was on a worse team and they they didn't have the right. outside weapons or right. whatever, he, he'd have a real good chance of getting over it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, deep down, if you asked him, I know he says this, and this is great for, for his individual goals. It's great. 
if you said to him, hey, man, you have great players around you that could win you a Super Bowl, would you rather have that or would you rather be the main target and get 100 catches? I know for a fact the way Dallas Goddard is, he would he would say, give me what I have. I don't, I don't want to change anything. So, yeah, he wants yeah. that chip. He'd, right. he'd like to get that chip. Yeah. I don't blame him. You know, I don't blame him one bit. You know, but when you look at the way this offense is structured, you you know they're going to put that ball up, you know. Yeah. And 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 Dallas is the type of tight end he can get separation, break tackles, great hands, everything you need. But if you got one guy catching ninety five passes, another guy catching eighty five passes, and let's say a collection out of the backfield gets another 70, 60, 70 uh, balls to them, how many are left for the tight end? Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. And he's going to be he's going to be a primary weapon in some games depending on matchups. Mm-hmm. But I don't think those games are going to be consistent enough for him to get a hundred catches. Yeah. I mean, if you look at not, not that this matters all that much, I, we're just going off of what he said, but if you look at last year um, statistically for him, if you prorated out with, he only played 12 games. You remember he missed five. So if you prorate out what he did, 55 mm-hmm. catches, 702 yards. Yeah. If you add five games to that, he, you know, he probably gets pretty close. I don't know about the hundred catches. I'm saying he might get close to a thousand if he plays twelve or plays seventeen instead yeah. of twelve last year. But it's hard. There's there's only so many balls to go around. Absolutely. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, some good points in the chat. You know, if the Eagles are in closer games, you may be throwing a little bit more, which could open could, it up. Could be. Could um, be. For sure. And you know, you're going to be going against better teams. Teams you might have to match, especially early you know tit for tat like you might have to just go out there and and score a lot and go back and forth because the defense isn't quite where you want it to be yet right right so that's a possibility too i don't care look to me i could care less i know it's important for these guys either with bonus clauses or just from a pride standpoint i don't care who gets the throws i don't care how it works out i don't care what whatever it takes i don't care get that w baby get that w i mean you think about when you have that kind of that tandem that they have with aj brown and Devontae Smith. I mean, that's nasty. That yeah. is just nasty because I think both guys are just getting better, especially Devontae. Yes. Uh, there's there's no question about it. What did they catch? 88 and 95 balls. Add that number up. Seriously. That's, I know. A, that's a lot of passes. That and is those a are, lot. Those are just catches. That's not including targets. Yeah, that, that's 183, whatever it is, you know, at the top okay. of my head. So, yeah. so couple in the amount of targets they got, you know, and 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 then the amount of targets this week. You, re- you want to hear the target number? You ready for yeah. this? One forty-five and one thirty-six. There you go. See. Whew. And, and how many total passes did J- Jalen Hurts throw in a season? Jalen threw. Uh, he threw five hundred and no, four hundred and sixty. Four sixty. So half of them went to the two wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, so you get beyond that, you had. Let me see receiving. Uh, 55. Uh, let's go target. 69 for Goddard. 51 for Watkins. 29 for Gainwell. Pascal got 19. Stoll, yeah. 14. Calcaterra, 9. Miles Sanders, 26. It's a real low number for everybody once you fall off of that. Yeah. Once you get off the top two, it is. And then uh, what did Goddard finish with last year in 12 games? Was it like 55 or something? 55, right on the number. Uh, 55, 702 yards, 12.8 yards per catch, which actually was third on the team. He averaged yep. more yards per catch than Devontae because he is so strong, yep. you know, after catching the ball. He's he's tough guy to bring down. Well, let's see, 55 catches in 12 games. 
if you had played another five games, he might have had 70, 75. Yeah. So that's, that's why I said that's a good number for him. I, it's great. He gets the 70. I mean, I'm, that's all good. Yeah. yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, all right. You, you ready for a countdown? I haven't given you a countdown in a couple of days. Are you, Here we are, go. are you prepared? Yeah. 34 days until it gets real, Derek, until we start playing football. 34. That means it's 32 days until the season kicks off since it kicks off on a Thursday. Well, I think the 34 is for that Thursday. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I, I thought yeah, you yeah. meant Eagles. I'm saying NFL. Sorry, NFL. Season. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The season kicks off Thursday. Okay. Uh, Lions and the Chiefs. Yep, Lions and the Chiefs. Sorry, Man, that's, that's going to be some kind of game. I that's can't wait to see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that one. All right, so here, here's a, a weird off-the-wall question. I usually give you the Eagles question today. I'll give you something a little yep. bit different. I'm, I'm totally off the top of my head and off the top of your head. Uh, so 34 days. When I say the number 34 in the NFL, who stands out to you first? First name that comes to mind. 34? Yeah, I got one that, that leaps to mind. I'll give you mine, and then there's a bunch you could play off. Walter Payton. Okay. Walter Payton. Uh, arguably the greatest, greatest player to wear that number. I think he is, for me, he's right there in terms of the most fun guy to watch that's ever played in the NFL, Walter Payton. Uh, Earl Campbell. Ah, uh, yes. A couple good ones, right? A couple good running yeah. backs. I mean, you're Forrest, either going to get running back or, or defensive back yeah. uh, with that number. Forrest Hill said um, uh, Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams did wear that number. That is correct. That is correct, Forrest. He, he wore that um, – he wore five in college and he wore 34 in college to honor mm. Earl Campbell, who was also a Texas guy. Yep. Eagles fan. Great one. Bo Jackson. Absolutely. Good one. Good one. Very good. One. <laughs> Dank. Re- Reno Mahe. Reno Mahe. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. Um, uh, her, what was the, uh, where did I saw another one that was good here? Hold on a second. Where was it? Uh, Debo says Paul Pierce. Um, but yeah, no, there's, there, there's, there's been a few, I, there hasn't been, uh, although Herschel Walker wore it. Yeah. I'm thinking about it, but he, he yeah. Herschel wore 34 as an Eagle. There haven't been a whole lot of good 34 Eagles. It's mm. not been a strong number for the, for the birds. Mm. That's for sure. Uh, this, so John has it. it go ahead, Derek. 34 is the low end of Zach Wilson's age range. Yes, correct. He likes him a little bit older than that. Oh, that's too young. I think that's too young for him. Yeah, that's too young for the MILF hunter. All right, let's take a break and let's come back and guess who we have today, Derek. We have a big show today. Oh, yes. Ray Didinger, okay? Pro Football Hall of Famer, the Diddy, will join us when we come back. Sill yes, says sir. Roy Halliday, exactly right. Uh, the Diddy, come, when we come back, and a little later, uh, we're going to welcome a friend to the uh, to the channel, and that would be Bill Calarulo. He is uh, he's joining Jacob Media with his legal's hand legal hands uh, to the face uh, podcast. So we'll we'll get a timeout. The Diddy. When we return, don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Bravo Pizza. In fact, I was there last night. Last night, I got the wings. And the fries, and they were killers. Absolutely killers. Uh, absolutely awesome, as usual. Uh, Bravo Pizza of Habertown. I've been going there since I was a kid. They've been family-owned since 1985. Alex and the crew just continue to crank out great fresh food every single day. They have 20 different styles of pizza daily. They have slices to go. They have the specialized pizza, however you want it. Uh, but like I said, they don't just have pizza. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, 
wrap salads and the wings that I had last night. Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, Pennsylvania, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. That's how you reach them. Let me give you a little more on Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. In the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go back. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are thrilled to have our next guest on. Haven't spoken to him in a little bit. Get us all caught up on what's happening uh, in the world of the Philadelphia Eagles and beyond. He is the Hall of Famer himself, the one and only. There he is. Ray Dittinger. Raymundo, how are you, my friend? I'm good, fellas. How are you? Good to see you, buddy. Ray, always good when you're on, my friend. Always good. Uh, Ray, before we get to the birds, I want to let everybody know this is very cool. So your book, One Last Read, has just been reissued in paperback, correct? Correct. There it is. Yes. Now I'm paperback with with an all-new final chapter, which I wrote about, you know, my decision to uh, retire, such as it is, uh, and uh, and also everything that happened in Philadelphia sports in the year 2022, which was merely a World Series and a trip to the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah. so I felt like the, the book sort of stands on its own, but I felt like I kind of needed to update it. So there's an additional chapter now that kind of brings us right up to today. Excellent. And that's out now, Ray? People can get that right now? They can buy it in bookstores now or they can order it on Amazon. One last read. Now the paperback. The original, right. book, the, the original book came out in 2007. And what it is, it's it's a collection. Temple University Press asked me to pick my favorite stories from my 50 years of doing this stuff. Uh, columns, features, magazine articles, the whole thing. So um, I compiled them all, gave them to them, and they published a, a really beautiful anthology and then republished it now as a paperback. So if people missed it the first time around, they can order it today. That's perfect. So, so, yeah. so Ray, I'm looking and it says, the collected works of the world's slowest sports writer. Now, the, the, now, now describe that, if you would, please. The world's slowest sports writer? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Not even close. I mean, I, uh, I was the slowest by, by leaps and bounds, yeah. Um, and I don't say that to brag. It was, just, uh, it was just I was a really, really, really slow writer. And my whole writing career, I worked for what were – they don't exist anymore, but they were called afternoon newspapers. Yeah. Where, you know, the Inquirer and the typical morning newspaper, your deadline is midnight. If you were working for the Philadelphia Bulletin or the Philadelphia Daily News, your deadline was 5 a.m. So, I mean, you could write until you could cover an Eagles game on a Sunday afternoon and you had till five o'clock the next morning to file. And I often did. <laughs> so um, <laughs> just, uh, it was just it was just the way my mind worked. It was just I, I just some guys can write like Stan Hockman. Uh, Bill Lyon, those guys were great writers and they could write really fast. And I envied them because they could. Uh, I was the opposite extreme. I, I was the last guy out of the press box every single week. And right. Didn't you get locked in once? What, what was the story? It was it like the Meadowlands or somewhere. You got, didn't you get locked in the press box? You were so late typing up a story one time. Rob, I got, I got locked in every press box <laughs> in the National Football League. I mean, I, uh, I mean, there were. Of the 32 stadiums, I, you know, I got locked in every single one of them at one time or another because they would just assume, I mean, it's a one o'clock game and they would just assume by one o'clock the next morning, certainly everybody's gone. 
so they would just so they would just turn off the elevators, turn off the lights, and go home. And meanwhile, I'd still be upstairs, you know, only halfway through my story. Oh so, my god! Yeah, I knew I knew every fire escape and back door and fire exit and in uh, in the NFL. That's really true. I got locked in every single stadium uh, in the NFL at one time or another. I had. Um, I guess my worst experience was the uh, the old Orange Bowl, which I don't even think still stands, but the yep. old Orange Bowl. Uh, uh, it was after a Monday night football game back in the glory, back in the glory days of the Dolphins, you know, yeah. the Shula, yeah. you know, Larry Zonka team back in the early 70s. They played a lot of Monday night football, and I went down there to cover one of the games, um, and I got locked in that stadium, locked in the Orange Bowl way after everybody was gone. Um, and it was like – five o'clock in the morning and you know i come down and every gate's locked and i had to climb over climb over the cyclone fence oh my goodness. over the over the barbed wire which there was barbed wire around the stadium oh at that my time, God. carrying my briefcase and my typewriter oh. <laughs> did, did you ever did you, you ever miss those are the things they don't teach you in journalism school. no you didn't learn no. that at temple no did, you, no did you ever miss any deadlines what's that did you ever miss any deadlines? I never did. I wow. Never, um, I mean, I, I bumped up against it almost every night, um, but I never missed one. I never, mm. I never missed an edition. I never did. The closest I ever came, the closest I ever came was game, se- <laughs> was game seven of the 1979 World Series. Pirates, Orioles, down in Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, um, Willie Stargell night. Remember we are family. Yeah. That MVP season right. hit the game home run. And, uh, I wrote a Willie Stargell column and, um, and I made the mistake of it going back to the hotel to write it. Cause I figured, Oh, I have a lot of time. Right. And I went back to the hotel to write my story and totally lost track of time. And all of a sudden I began hearing this noise outside the hotel and, and I realized it was rush hour traffic. <laughs> it was and, you know, the light was starting to stream in um, and I stood and the phone rang and it was the editor calling to say, um, you know, did something happen to you? I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm ready to file. <laughs> actually, actually, that's where the title of this came. What I what I said to him was, I'm just giving it one last read. Before oh, I wow. And um, and I sent that story. And I, I mean, I, I made deadline by that much. So if you were going to miss deadline, why not miss it on the seventh game of the World Series? Yeah, really. That, wow. That's awesome. And by the way, for, for everybody, uh, Ray and our buddy Glenn Macnow will be at the Uptown Theater in Westchester this Tuesday at 7 o'clock to talk about the book and preview the Eagles' upcoming season. So tickets are still available for that, right, Ray? That is correct, yeah. So okay. come on out. Up, Uptown Theater, right there on High Street in Westchester. It's a really nice place. Very in cool. fact, that's we're bringing Tommy and me there in September. So nice. Uh, so you can come on out and catch the uh, catch Glenn and me on Tuesday night and buy your Tommy and me tickets all at the same time. And Tommy and me is correct me if I'm wrong, Ray. An entirely new cast too. You guys, you guys went a, a different direction, right? This time. Uh, that was the that was the run in Bucks County. Okay. Bucks, Bucks County wanted to do their own version of it, so they hired an all new cast. Okay. But we're but we're going to Westchester with the original the original cast. Oh, good. Okay. All the guys that both of you saw yep. when we did, when we were doing the show back in Philadelphia, they nice. they're coming back for the Westchester run. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, look, uh, that's great. Love to hear it. Uh, a lot to get to. We haven't had a chance to really talk to you about the uh, 
the upcoming season. Let me start with this one, Ray, because I, I posed this to Derek earlier this week. If there's an area you want to see Jalen Hurts improve upon, what, what would it be? I would, I would probably, uh, I would, it would probably be in the area of running less. You know, I think it's a less is more kind of thing with him. Um, I think that he, I think he has improved enough as a, as a passer uh, and his ability to make plays from the pocket that um, I would like to see him run less. I'd like to see him take fewer hits. I'd like to see him be at less risk um, because I think we all know this team's going to go as far as he can take it. Yeah, uh, and um, I understand that the running is a big part of his game has to be. Um, that's what makes this offense special. But I thought there were times last year when um, I just thought he's running too much, you know, and he's pretty good at protecting himself. He's pretty good about knowing when to get down. He's pretty good about knowing where the sideline is, but there are always those couple of hits a game where you just sort of hold your breath and hope he gets up. Mm. Uh, and I'd like to keep those to a minimum because he, re- he really has, his improvement as a quarterback, as a passer, is remarkable. I mean, the growth that he showed last year and his ability to settle in the pocket, read read the defense, and deliver the ball accurately and on time. I mean, it was I mean, it was a leap from here to here last year. Uh, so I think he's got to that point now where he doesn't have to be because he. I don't know if he's ever really been a scrambler as much as he's been a runner by design. But I think I would like to see him do less of that uh, and have an opportunity to get through a season and into the postseason 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. Ray, the last NFC, te- NFC team to lose the Super Bowl and get back the next year, you got to go all the way back to 74-75 Vikings. Yep, Fran Tarkenton and Bud Grant. That's right. With the strength of this schedule and so many uncertainties on this defense this year, why can't this Eagles team be the exception to that rule? Um, that's a really good point, Derek. And I've, um, whenever, whenever people ask me about the Eagles going back this year, um, cause, because they are very good. They, yeah. they really are a good team. I mean, last year was no fluke. They're good. Uh, and they could do it. But what I try to tell people is exactly what you said. That's exactly the history that I point to. Yeah. And I, what I say is understand how hard that is. You know, it, it's easy for the fan to say, oh, we were there last year. We'll go back. You know, we're going back, you know, sure. Well, you know, the last team that did it, Fran Tarkenton was under center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and Nixon was in the White House. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was that long ago. So understand this is a tough ask. Uh, and there have been really good teams in there in between that couldn't do it. So understand what that challenge is. Um but you're right. And it's, and it's for all the reasons they're facing this team. You know, you pointed it out, Derek. It's a really tough schedule. Uh, and that's the league sets it up that way. If you won one year, you're going to get a tougher schedule the next year. That's just the way it works. Chances are pretty good. If you went to a Super Bowl, you're going to lose a couple coaches. Somebody's going to come in and hire them away. That happened, too. You're going, you know, you're going to lose valuable players to free agency. That happened, too. So all of those things, that's kept other teams, really good teams, from going back that next year. And that's what the Eagles have to overcome. And then there's the other factor um, that I have talked to many, many 
many players that have been in this position that have lost a Super Bowl and have to come back the next year. Great players that were on great teams that couldn't do it. And when you ask them why, they tell you emotionally how hard it is to get over that loss. I remember doing, when I was at NFL Films, doing an interview uh, with Kurt Warner uh, and, and him talking a lot about how hard that was to lose the Super Bowl. Uh, he'd won one, obviously, but then he lost another one. Uh, and he said just, he said that emotional, the emotional toll that takes on you to have fought your way all the way through the season, fought through the regular season, fought through the postseason, all the tough games, climb that mountain, get to the Super Bowl, and then you lose it, especially in the manner in which the Eagles lost it. Mm-hmm. And then you just get knocked all the way back down. Mm-hmm. And now you're at the bottom of that hill again. And now, you gotta, now you're going to spend the next six months of the offseason with everybody saying, what happened? Mm-hmm. You should have won. That's what you hear for the next six months. And then you come back to training camp, and the reality is now you're looking up that mountain. Mm-hmm. And now you got to start climbing it all over again. Um, and I don't know that the fans really can stop to consider how hard that is to, to fight your way back up there to get that chance again, considering that all the other teams in your conference, they've spent this whole offseason studying you. And the things that you were successful with last year – They've spent six months trying to take all those things away. That's and right. There's a lot of things in this Eagles offense last year, um, largely because of Hertz and the and the and the wep- and the weapon that he is, that teams weren't prepared for. I mean, you saw it week after week. They just weren't prepared for a lot of that RPO stuff and his ability to execute it. Well, they've now had a whole off season to study it, and you know they've been studying it. So a lot of stuff that came maybe a little easy for you last year ain't going to be easy this year. So you put all of those things together, um, and that's why it's hard to do what the Eagles are trying to do this year. Now, they have enough good players that I think they can do it, but I just caution the fans who think, oh, yeah, sure, we're going back. Understand how hard it really is to do that. Yeah, I think – I agree with everything you just said, Ray. I think one of the one of the positives, at least, or the advantages the Eagles have – a lot of times what you see after either the team wins it or gets there and loses it, an example is the Eagles after Super Bowl 39 and, and T.O. just kind of losing his mind. There don't p- appear to be a lot of distractions, right? I mean, th- this appears to be a pretty focused team. I mean, you have a nice combination of Hertz, who's like the ultimate, you know, what, what, the, what the target is, not worried about all the other out, outside noise. And older guys like Kelsey and Lane who are like, man, we want to get one before we hang it up, and we know we're on the back nine. I think right. that does help this group. Uh, I think it does. I think if you look at the composition of the team, um, I, think it's, I think it's a very good – I think it's a very good blend of veteran players and young players. You know, I, I think you've got a really good core of good, solid veterans who are really good leaders. Uh, and I, I think this is – one of the things that's really good with this team – and a way reminds me of the Vermeil team is that um, Vermeil always stressed this. Uh, and I never really thought about it until he mentioned it. But what he said was very true. Um, he said, we're really lucky in that our best players are also our hardest workers. Mm. And our best players are also our best leaders. Um, you can have really good players on your team, really good players. But if they're not particularly setting a great example every day in practice or in the locker room, um, that's not good. 
you know, because the young guys are going to take their lead from that. But if you look back at the Vermeil teams, his best players, his, you know, his stars were the hardest workers. Mm-hmm. And that and that carried on through the whole team. I mean, that just that just goes trickles down through the whole team, because if you're a backup player, how are you not going to work as hard as the all pro that's ahead of you? Yeah. And so, I mean, every and, and those veterans set that example and that tempo every single day. This team is a lot like that. I mean, you mentioned it, Rob, you know, guys like Kelsey and Lane Johnson, uh, you know, those those kinds of players are not just your best players, but they're also your hardest workers and the guys who have the, the, the best focus on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and I think that's a tremendous advantage that this team has is it has those veterans and it has that kind of leadership. And I also think among the young guys that are coming up, I think you also have some pretty good leadership there too. I mean, you have guys, I mean, everybody kind of jokes about all these Georgia guys, but listen, those, those Georgia guys, if they know one thing, they know how to win. Yeah. Okay. And and they have won together. Uh, and, you know, Nicobe Dean has not really had a chance to show what he can do in the NFL. Uh, but I sure as heck saw what he could do in college. And he has he has tremendous leadership skill. And this year, I mean, he's going to be on the field often enough and long enough to be able to demonstrate that. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Um, Rob brought up the that, that 04 team as good as that 04 team was. A lot of the the pundits picked them to go back at 05, and one of the biggest criteria was staying healthy. Right. And that that 05 team was decimated by injuries outside of T.O. losing his mind. This team was so healthy. It was such a rarity to be this healthy going into a Super Bowl. Now you're playing not only a tougher schedule, but everybody's looking at you as their Super Bowl game. So sidestepping that injury bug, I think, sits at the top of the hill in terms of how do you get back and get another shot at that moment in the sun? Sure. That's, that's a big part of it, Derek. It, it, it really is. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, um, the team coming off Super Bowl 39, you know, McNabb was hurt. Uh, and, um, you know, you, you lost T.O. halfway through the season. Uh, and they had injuries all over the place. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was a team that went from the Super Bowl to 6-10. and 10. I mean, yep. they, did, they didn't even sniff the postseason that year. Uh, and, you know, if you look at all the Eagles teams that have been to the Super Bowl, I mean, if anybody that's got any institutional memory knows, the next year was never easy for any of those teams. You know, the Vermeil team coming off the Super Bowl 15, they came back the next year. They started off 6-0, and and it looked like they might run the table. And then they got some injuries, and then they started bogging down, and then they, they were really huffing and puffing down the stretch. They made the playoffs, but they got knocked out in the first round. Then you got Andy's team that got wiped out with injuries, didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, and then you had the Eagles team that actually did win it and then came back the next year and had a very turbulent, up-and-down, bumpy kind of year that they kind of regrouped. And at the end, they finished strong and they got to the playoffs. And then they win the, the double-doink game. that gets you know, But then they go out the next round. So it's you know, you've had three times that the Eagles have been in this position coming off a of Super Bowl. Sometimes you, you win one, you lose two. But in no case was that next year an easy year. And in no case did that take, take you back to where you wanted to go. So it just, it just sort of underscores for all the different reasons we've talked about why it's really, really hard, really, really hard to do this back-to-back. Ray, if you um, assume Niners-Cowboys, who's next for you in the NFC in terms of best teams? 
After, and we're, I, I'm assuming Eagles, but Eagles, Niners, Cowboys. Who's next? Yeah, that's that's the way I would that's that's the way I would stack it. Uh, who would be next? Um, I, you know, the Lions are getting better, but I think people are getting a little carried away with the Lions thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody. I think everybody. I think people's expect. Look, the Lions are certainly better now than they were for a decade or more. Yeah. You know, they're they're certainly you can see they're putting it together and they're moving in the right direction. Yep. I just don't know if like right now they're quite where a lot of people think they are. I mean, we got a lot of people that are just penciling them into the postseason like right now, and I'm not 100 percent sure of that. Mm-hmm. But but there's but they're certainly getting better. Um, could be Seattle. Mm. Could be Seattle. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, we all have our different opinions on Geno Smith. Uh, and I'm not the biggest Geno fan, certainly. Um, but he played very well last year. Now, can he do that two years in a row? I don't know. But um, I think that there's going to be – I think you're going to see a bounce back with Seattle. And I think that when you look at the Eagles' schedule, um, they have that stretch of games coming off their bye – Tough. Which is which is really which is a really tough stretch. I mean, you got Buffalo, you got the Chiefs, you got the 49ers, you got the Cowboys, and then you got Seattle in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Eagles have terrible trouble with Seattle. I mean, the yeah. Seahawks have just been yeah. really tough for them. Oh, and the Eagles, historically, and especially, yeah. Especially especially out there. Yep. I mean, the Eagles haven't won in Seattle it's in, I, I think since Zorn was playing. I mean it's <laughs> <laughs> Steve Largent and Zorn. Yeah. Yeah. I I I mean the Eagles haven't I'm 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 stretching a point to make a point, but the Eagles have had a really bad history yeah. going out and playing in Seattle. And now you're gonna have to play them out there again this year at the tail end of that other stretch of brutal games. So that's gonna be tough too. Um I kind of think I, I kind of look for Seattle to be a team that I, I think a lot of people are kind of writing them off and I and I wouldn't. I think they might they might they might bounce back this year. Yeah. Hey, Ray, when you look at the uh, the defense in particular, they're going to have seven new starters on this defense compared to last year. Right. Give me one. Give me one in which you're going to really be watching closely. Oh, Dean. OK. Dean. Yeah. Um, because I think, um, you know, I think I think you're I think Carter's going to be very good. I think I think Carter's going to be very good right from the start. Um, you know, Davis, you want to see more from him than you did last year. But I think you will. Um I, I thought that last year, it looked to me at least, that he was really coming on, and then he suffered that injury, and, I, and that really set him back, and he never really quite got back on it. But mm-hmm. I thought it looked to me, before he hurt his ankle, it looked to me like he was starting to really put it together. So I think he'll be fine. Um, but I think Dean is a real key here. Um, I mean, he was I, – I just loved watching him in college. I mean, I, I really loved that whole Georgia defense. Uh, and to me, he was really, even though you look at that defense and that was full of a whole bunch of guys that turned out to be first round draft picks in the NFL. Uh, I mean, it was a blue chipper upon blue chipper upon blue chipper. But yet when you watch that team play, the guy who was the catalyst and the guy who was the leader on that team was N'Kobe Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and week in and week out in the biggest games, I mean, you had all those number one picks were all looking at N'Kobe Dean saying, what do we do now, boss? You know. Uh, so, I mean, I think he has that kind of ability. Uh, and so even though I know there's some questions about his size uh, and uh, and his ability to make the transition up here, 
Um, I think he's going to step in and play really well. And if he's as good as I think he can be, um, he will probably give you something in the linebacker position that they haven't had for a while, which is a true playmaker there. I mean, he's a guy that's around the ball a lot and makes a lot of plays. And I'm not just talking about tackles, but I'm talking yeah. about the guy that makes plays that kind of turn mm-hmm. games around. That's the kind of player he was in college. I think he can be that kind of player here too, but obviously he has to demonstrate it. So if you're asking which of the new guys am I really got my eye on on defense is I would say it's Nakobe Dean because I think he has a chance to be really special. Ray, how about the impact of the new coordinators? You know, it's hard enough replacing one, but two. And I I get it. Brian Johnson was already in-house. And and Desai has, you know, comes from the same branch, I guess, if if you will, as as Jonathan Gannon. But, you know, it is is two new guys in there for sure. And and play calling and and all those kind of things come into effect. Yeah, uh, I'm not so concerned about the offense because I really do think the offense is going to be, I think it's going to be Knicks, you know. Uh, I mean, Johnson's Johnson's going to take the role of offensive coordinator and he'll certainly be able to put his stamp on it, but it's going to be Nick's offense. Um, and I, so I, I think that I don't think you're going to see much change there. Decide you might, um, because as we've talked about a lot, I mean, you got, you're going to have a lot of new players. I mean, you just yep. got to work a lot of new players in there uh, who have a different kind of skill set, And it's going to be up to this defensive coordinator to to find out what their, what their talents are and what's the best way to utilize them. Um, you know, we're going to evaluate them on a week-to-week basis and compare them to Gannon. You know, is, is, he, is, he, is he more aggressive? Is he less aggressive? Is he the same? Are the coverages going to be the same? Does he blitz enough or doesn't he blitz enough? I mean, all of that stuff that we're going to look at and evaluate it and parse it week-to-week. But it's going to start with the right now, which is him just watching these guys because he's coming in from the outside. He's not in-house. He's coming in from the outside. So he's got to figure out what he's got with the veterans, but he absolutely has to figure out what he's got with, the, with a lot of these young guys. And now he's got to put it all together. I think, the, I think the bigger question is really what's going to happen on that side of the ball. And it's the new players. That's part of it. But also, how does Desai decide, okay, this is the best way to deploy these guys? And, and me as a teacher to get that across to them so that we're all on the same page come Sunday. And, you know, I think that, see, I feel this offense is going to be dynamic again. You know, I, I would, I'd be shocked if this was not the highest scoring offense in football this year. I mean, I, I really think they're going to score a ton of points. Um, the defense, I think, is going to probably take some time to get together. You know, I think probably it's going to be a five or six week kind of trying to figure out who we are and, and what we're doing. And then the second half of the year, when the schedule gets tougher and you start moving towards the playoffs, then I think they'll have time to get this whole thing together. But the first half of the year, you know, I think it's going to be kind of a work in progress on that side of the ball. But the good news is I think they're going to score enough points that they'll probably be able to deal with that. Ray, don't you think it's a weird dynamic? You have a new defensive coordinator and they bring in a former defensive coordinator as the coordinator's consultant. You know, you bring in Patricia to consult Desai, who's your coordinator. That's a weird dynamic, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, uh, and just, I mean, you know, there are a lot of people who are still scratching their head and, and trying to figure out what Matt Patricia's doing here. You know? uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, because of, you know, the, there's the, you know, there's the whole Eagle Patriot history, which we know. You know, the Eagles fans are used to seeing him standing next to Belichick with a pencil behind his ear. He's 
you know, he's, he's always been that guy. So you kind of got to, you got, you kind of got to get over the fact that he's now one of your guys. Um, but I think that when, and everybody of course remembers what a disaster things were when he went to Detroit and that whole thing just imploded. And then last year he goes back to new England and they try to like Juan Castillo when they put him on the other side of the ball, <laughs> how that went. So look, the last few couple of years have not been good for my Patricia. Okay. I'm not going to try and say they have, but what the Eagles are asking him to do now is kind of just what he was successful at before, which is just be an assistant coach on the defensive side of the ball. And we've seen that he, he was pretty effective in that role. And, you know, if I don't know where, you know, everybody's saying the right things about the relationship between he and Slay. I mean, yeah. we, it's, a, it's a matter of, it's a matter of public knowledge that they, they did not, they did not have a happy time in Detroit. <laughs> Can they, now where, now where does that stand now? I mean, they're both saying it's all, that's forgotten. It's all behind us. Maybe. And, and we hope that it is, but we'll see about that. But I was, I have to admit when they announced they were hiring Patricia, I was a little surprised, but you know, I know in football circles, the regard that he had back when he was calling defenses with Belichick, he was w- very well thought of by people around the league. Now you're asking him to just go back and kind of do that again. And, you know, let's see, let's give it a chance and see if it works. Ray, last one for me. I know how in-depth you go on the draft and how much you pay attention to college football. Uh, what do you think about Nolan Smith? How do you see him now? How do you see him projected? What did you think about where they got him at 30? Just give me your, your, your breakdown of Nolan Smith. It was, um, well, first of all, you know, how he had a great draft, you know, I mean, I think, um, I mean, a plus it really was. Um, and that was part of it, uh, getting him at the bottom of the first round. Um, I certainly never thought, I never thought he would go beyond 12, 13. I mean, I thought he was right in the middle of the first round and when he fell and the Eagles got him where they did, I was amazed, um, but good for them. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's really good. He's really good. Uh, there aren't many guys his size that can move the way he can move. Uh, and he's, uh, um, if you watched him play in, in college, he's just, a, I, I don't like to use this word because it has a bad connotation, but he's a violent player. You know, and, and I mean that in, in a positive football sense. I mean, he plays with that kind of edge. He plays with that kind of ferocity. Uh, he plays at that speed. Uh, and you're talking about a 235-pound man that runs the way he can run. Um, he's – I know there's some people think, well, he's not quite big enough. No, the way he moves, he's plenty big enough. Uh, and he's yeah. – even at that size, it's not, just, it's not just a fast 40, which everybody saw at Indianapolis – but he's but he's so quick off the ball at that moment when the when the ball moves he's already up the field. Uh, I mean in college he beat blockers without it being touched. Right. I mean he was so he was so quick off the mark that he was he was around the edge and in on the quarterback before the offensive line moved. I mean that's the kind of speed that he has and that's the kind of speed of which he plays. And you know I think he's he, I think he's a very comparable player to Hassan Reddick. I think in terms of his size and also the way that he plays. Now, this also gets back to your question about the defensive coordinator. How does Desai use those guys? You know, does he back up Reddick, or do you build your defense with the idea that you want both of those guys on the field 
the same time working on different edges. That's for the coach to find out. But there's no doubt in my mind that he can come in and be a guy that's going to play a lot of snaps and be a guy that's going to be an impact player, I think, right away. Mm-hmm. Ray, great, great catching up with you. Uh, appreciate Thank the you, insights. Man. And I tell everybody, go get the book. Go get the book. One last read. Show it to him one more time, Ray. We get to see your, your handsome face on the, uh, on the cover there. We, we, we need to see that again. So one last read. Ray Dinger, there, there you go. Paperback collection edition. Of, collection of my yeah. favorites. Yeah. One of the, uh, with the final chapter that kind of updates last year. Uh, okay. And one thing I would say in that, in that final chapter is I, li- I write a lot about my decision to step away from full-time broadcasting. Okay. Uh, that's a big part of it, how I arrived at that and what happened. and, and thought. But one of the best things that came out of it was um, an amazing email. I got a million emails, obviously, but an amazing email I got from none other than Michael Jack Schmidt. Um, wow. When I, uh, the day I announced my retirement, I got home and there was an email from Mike Schmidt, who, um, you know, I, I did not have the warmest of relationships with him uh, when he was a player and I was a writer. Uh, you know, Mike kept his distance from the media to a fair degree, uh, but he wrote me, a really great email um, wishing me well and talking about his relationship with the press then and his relationship and how he viewed the press today was very revealing. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I I write about that in the, in the new book too. So people can find that. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Let me ask you just speaking of that, right. You follow everything, your thoughts on the Phillies, like what, what, you know, what they've been, they've had some tough gut wrenching kind of losses, but, you know, they've put themselves in a position where they're right there in terms of the wild card. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, they're, they're going to the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't think there's there's no doubt in my mind they're going to the playoffs. I've felt that all year. And I'm, I'm not saying that they're the world's greatest team, but are they one of the six best teams in the National League? <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and over the course of 162 games, you were going to see that. Um, I think the addition of Lorenzen is a really good one. I think it really, I think it really bolsters the the the, the pitching staff, and uh, you know I know everybody's all hung up on Trey Turner, and I, you know I I can't sit here and explain to you why it's all gone wrong for this guy. But I mean anybody that's followed his career, and all the places he's played, you know how good he is. Uh, And right now, what he's dealing with is all up here, and he's just he's just got to find his way through that. But, you know, they're going to get to the postseason. I mean, they've, they've got coming up for a homestand here where they got Kansas City, Washington, and Minnesota. So, they'll, I mean, they'll blow through that. I mean, they'll, you know, 11 games, they'll get the nine and two. I mean, they'll be 17 games over 500 by the time they go on the road again. And then if you look, if they really get, if they really need to finish strong, you look at their last 10 games now. Their last 10 games are against the Mets, who have been gutted, and the Pirates. So, I mean, they're set up now that, you know, I, I, they'll be in the postseason. And who knows? Maybe it'll be one of those years when Trey Turner struggles the whole regular season and then comes out and hits 480 in the postseason. And right. everybody forget everything that happened in April and May. Great. Would, would you let Trey Turner sit for a series? See, Rob said one or two games. I said, they're about to play Kansas City. They could be Kansas City with the scrubs. I would let Trey Turner sit the entire series just to sit, watch, think, observe, and work on the little fundamentals and mechanics that have been plaguing him. Well, he's working on it. I mean, you've, you've heard, you've heard all the people that are around the team say he's in the batting cage before every game and after every game. I mean, he's just trying to work it out. Um, 
We know he's a better player than that. The amazing thing is, if you go back to the World Baseball Tournament that back in March, mm-hmm. he was other than Otani, he was the best player in that whole tournament. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you figure, man, he's just going to, that's going to be a springboard. He's going to come to Philadelphia and light it up and it's all going South for him. But I mean, we, we know what kind of player he is. He just has to, you know, he just has to figure it out. Maybe it is a matter of sitting a few days. Uh, I don't know, but I'm, I feel confident he'll find it. And you know what? Like I said, I'm, I'd bet anything that they're going to be in the postseason. I have no doubt they're going to be in the postseason. And if that's where he finds it, then all's well. I hear you. Ray, thank you. Uh, And and best of luck with the latest run of Tommy and me. And, of course, the book. And, yeah, Tuesday night, uh, yourself and Glenn. And, you know, you'll be discussing the book. Not only the book, but you'll be talking Eagles, you know, kind of mixing and matching uh, everything there at the Uptown Theater in Westchester. That'll be at 7 o'clock. Ray, we do appreciate that. Thank you very much for for taking Always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure to hang with you guys. Have a great day. All right, Ray. Thank take you. care. That's Ray Bye bye. Great, great. He's the best. He, he is absolutely the best. All right, let's get a timeout, Gunner. We'll come back uh, and we will set our sights on the fills a little bit here. They win yesterday. Uh, they take three out of four. They're actually set up really well in terms of not a whole lot of travel here in yep. the entire month of August, which we'll get into in a second here. Uh, and then coming up at 1.30, we'll have Bill Calarulo. We'll talk to him about the birds and his new podcast. And then we have our NFL segment, The Greatest Today is the uh, Texans. So we'll talk about that. Uh, birthdays, movies, don't go anywhere. Uh, some news in the Pac-12 as well, which we will pass along when we get back also. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because finding that right person, that person that you can trust is difficult. It can be a real challenge, right? Uh, because you work too hard to, to not have yourself set up and your family set up uh, later in life, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits set up. Jim can help you with that as well. I know personally I've entrusted uh, my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. 
So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Derek, I'm Rob. Hello, uh, how are you, my friend? Hello, Derek. Uh, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, hanging out with you. All right, I'm going to start with this before we get to the Phillies. Um, so it looks like the latest defaction, if you will, um, in college sports. Uh, it looks like Oregon and Washington will be leaving the Pac-12 and headed to the Big Ten. Not That's official. Ridiculous. No, yeah, not official yet, but it it looks really close here. And the way this would set up, Derek, is so now the first of all, the Pac-10 is just gutted because they've already lost USC and UCLA. Yep. But the Big Ten would be an 18-team league. I mean, you this is what this is an arms race now. So so what what is happening in college sports? If you if you haven't been paying attention, I get it's confusing and all and all that, but this is going to turn into basically SEC, Big Ten, and then everybody else going for like the the, the morsels and the crumbs afterwards. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's really what it is. Like the ACC still very strong in basketball. Duke, obviously, North Carolina, and all that. But you already have like Florida State complaining, you know, kind of setting up for their departure. It sort of feels like, um, and there are a lot of things that went into it. And Barbara Carroll's right. The the, the fact that the, the Big 12's, you know, like main TV deal was like Apple streaming was, was not a great idea here. No. Um, so that's a that's a big thing. It's a big thing for, for those of you who pay attention to college sports because it's it's coming. Don't make no make no mistake. We're not hearing all this if it ain't happening. It's gonna be happening. Well, you, you mentioned the four teams that are defecting to the Big Ten. And then it came out yesterday. Arizona State is now talking about going to the pack to the Big Twelve, so that conference is going to be even gutted even more. So, yeah. Now, what are they going to do to replenish the stock? Because any team they bring in in that region is not a marquee draw, whether it's locally or up for television. Yeah. You know they don't have the, they don't have the historic teams anymore. So I don't know what they're, they're going to be right above Division Two. 
I know. And, and and here's you want to hear a kicker. They tried to get San Diego State. San Diego State said, "Now nah, we'll, we'll we'll stay where we are right now." Yeah. What yeah. does that tell you? Like they saw the they know the writing on the wall. Yeah. Like it, it the Pac-12 is going to be dissolved. I think it's going to be cooked in in a couple of years. Then, then that means those teams that are left are going to be playing independent schedules possibly for at least a year yep. until they can somehow jump into another conference. Who knows? The remaining teams might join Arizona State and jump into the Big, tw- uh, Big 12. Arizona is about to go to the Big 12. Right? That's it, Arizona. Okay. Yeah. And they're, they have the same regents. I don't want to get too far in the weeds in this, but they have the same regents as Arizona does, which means Arizona State's probably going to follow suit. They're not going to lose that rivalry, I don't think, at least, and not be in the same conference. So you're going to be down like Arizona, Arizona State, UCLA, USC, Washington, Oregon. I mean, good luck. Good luck trying to survive. They left. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I'm sure the, the Pac-12 teams that aren't going to the Big Ten go to the Big 12 because it will increase their money revenues, not to the magnitude of the SEC or the Big Ten, but it will increase their, their money revenues. And that's yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. It's about the almighty dollar. Dan, $55 million for SEC teams just for TV rights. And, and I, the Pac-12 will be able to stand up to some degree, especially in basketball. They have Kansas. Yeah. They have Baylor. You know, they, yeah. they have really good basketball teams. So, like, I think they can survive, especially if they're adding some of these teams. Um, but you get beyond those three conferences. There's, It's like, who cares? Really? I mean, who yeah. cares? Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the biggest travesties for the Pac-12 is a lot of their marquee games that they want to put on at, at, at 430 is going up against 730 games in the Midwest or the East Coast. Right. And then some, a lot of their primetime games are at 10 o'clock at night, you know, and, and people are done with TV by then on a Saturday night. They're either out and about or they're heading off, you know, to read or whatever they do, watch a movie. You know, and plus, let's face it, the the, the Pac-12, even with UCLA, USC, they're not the draws they used to be. They haven't been relevant nationally in a long time in football. You know, the most talked about story out of the Pac-12 is the USC quarterback who's being projected as the number one player taken in the draft. Right, Caleb Williams. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh One player out of the whole conference. And everybody knows this is it for them. They're gone after this year. They're leaving in UCLA. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Um, All right, Phillies here, Gunner. Uh, So Michael Lorenzen, Ray referenced him when we were talking to Ray about the Phillies. Eight innings yesterday, two runs. I mean, that's a damn good debut. Uh, And and now he's up to, in his last eight starts, a 2.45 ERA. Mm. He was arguably the best pitcher in the American League in July. And now he carried it right over to yesterday for the Phillies. And, you know, if Sanchez keeps – I know we're disappointed in Nola, but if Sanchez keeps pitching the way that he's pitching, adding Lorenz into this, you have a deep rotation here. You got a yes. lot of arms that you can throw at people here down the stretch. He got a lot of good um, – he got a lot of good ground ball outs when he needed them yesterday as well. His breaking pitches were snapping off uh, – you know, snapping across the plate. Slider's nasty. Oh, my goodness, you know. And he got a lot of players out with that slider. Um, and the fact that he he went eight innings, that's the longest outing this year for a Philly starter, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 he, yeah, he's been he was great. I mean, he was great yesterday. No. I mean, it's um, and I thought it was really cool. Like Thompson went to him, was like, Yeah, you still good? And he was like, I loved it. I'm like, Yes, let me go one more. That was in the seventh, and he, he went one more and he got you got you to the ninth, which Derek, 
they had destroyed their bullpen the night before in that yes. mess of an extra inning game. Yep. So for him to go that long and and it only took Sir Anthony the one inning to close it out is is huge for this team. You know, that's why I said that if they could add an arm more so than a bat, a, a, a good, consistent arm will help them overcome a lot of areas. Look what look, he held he held the, he held the hitters down yesterday. Yeah. And again, you get a key hit from the, the second tier guy, Brandon Marsh. Yep. You know, they put him over the hump. Who, who just know, keeps so, doing it. Who keeps delivering. Keep him yeah. and Stott just keep doing it. And both. You know, yeah. So if you get a pitcher who can get or a collection of pitchers that can keep you in a game, somebody in that lineup, one through nine, is going to come through at some point. It may not look pretty. You know, the top of the order is still struggling, and you got to figure. I know it's late in the season, but they've got to come out of this tailspin sooner, mm-hmm. you know, or soon. But until it happens, at least you got a very, a very solid back end of your, of your batting order that comes through with multitudes of clutch hits for you. Yeah, no question about it. Um, so big win, and again, as ugly as Wednesday was, three out of four. Bottom line, and I, I, I mentioned this in passing. So the way that this sets up for them schedule wise is really good for this month. Okay. So they come home starting tonight, and it's Kansas City. I know Kansas City's won six games, but still. You're home now for three against Kansas City, yep. four against Washington, three against Minnesota. Then mm-hmm. you hop on a really short, easy flight to Toronto for two games, uh, just a Tuesday and a Wednesday. You get, you get the following, you're off Monday the 14th, okay? You go 15-16 at Toronto. Come back, actually, and then go to Washington, which is then just a train ride back. Then you're home again with a makeup game uh, with Washington. And then uh, it's San Francisco here, St. Louis here, the Angels here. That takes you all the way to August 30th. You're basically on a flight once, just to Toronto. That's nice. You couldn't have asked for a better scenario, especially a team. And the schedule, the way the schedule falls now. It, they've got to be at least like Ray said, 15, 16 games over 500 when this is all said and done. Um, this schedule is the rest of the way is so favorable for this team, especially now with another strong arm coming out of the, uh, out of their pitching, uh, pitching uh, repertoire. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I, they're not going to win the division, but they, they should be. I, I, they should be the number one wild card team coming out of this. I think they will. I think, and I think they should, and they will. So 24 of 29, of their next games are home, oh, uh, Derek. Oh. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you this: We, we, you and I debated Turner and what you do here. Do you sit him for the series? Do you sit him for a game or two? You know, what do you end up doing? The other thing that's gotten a lot of groundswell is, you know, in, in his first game back tonight after what was a mess of a road trip, do you cheer him? Do you give him the ovation, sort of the Alec Bohm love, or do you, you know, will, will Philadelphians react with boos? How, how would you approach it if you're if you're just Derek Gunn fan sitting in the stands tonight at the Phillies game? I would try to encourage him. You know, it's easy for the, uh, us on the outside looking in who don't have the skill set to play at a sport that level to sit back and chastise and constantly boo. Now he may give me a moment to boo during the game, but when he's coming coming back home uh, and they take three out of four from a team like Miami, I'm I'm, I'm cheering everybody. But let me ask you this, Rob. What city are we in? We're in Philadelphia. Yes. So what do you expect to happen, my friend? Here's what I'll tell you. This may be a little bit different in this sense. After the Alec Bohm thing last year and his his admission, now he stood up and, and, he, and he owned it, right? And Trey Turner's yeah. owned it every bit of the way. I'll give him that. He never yeah. ducks. He never yeah. ducks, okay? Um, I think 
because that turned out so well and Bohm has flipped things to such a degree that I think this one might be handled a little bit differently by Phillies fans, Derek. I mean, I'm, I'm sincerely mean that I would have told you 99% of the time it would be hearty booze for him. I think because the Bohm thing is still so fresh in people's minds, I think it may be different. I think he might get some love tonight. I think he might get some love. Okay. Okay. Let's say he, he steps to the plate. And his first at bat is a strikeout, and he whiffs on a bad pitch. Then all bets are off. Okay, all right. <laughs> he gets sure. the one. He gets the one. The first at bat, love, and then all bets are off after that. I, that he, let me just put it this way: he strikes out or he kicks one in the field, it's on. It, it is on. Okay, It'll I, be- I guarantee you. If if the, if the fans do support him the first time he steps to the plate. Even I don't care how loud the cheers are, you will be able to hear a smitten of booze. Oh, I agree. I guarantee I agree. you're going to hear yeah. somebody booing. Yeah, I'm not telling you this is consensus. It's not going to be consensus. You're going to you're going to hear some. Yeah, you you yeah. will hear some. Um, all right. Th- th- this is actually a nice thing. One of the things that Phillies fans are doing, uh, be, and this is again, this is not very un Philadelphia esque, I guess, in a lot of ways. But uh, and this started on on Reddit, but Trey Turner, one of his main charities is uh the v foundation yep. for, for cancer research jimmy v yep. you know we all know the story phillies fans have begun donating to this in in trey turner's honor mm. that's a that's a pretty that's a great gesture out of the box cool gesture yeah you know for for folks i give them a lot of credit for that that's pretty cool as much as much as fans are frustrated with him that's a great gesture that they're letting them know that, hey, we still support you for a very worthy cause, especially a cause like cancer, who everybody has had to dealt with in some way, shape or form. Yeah. You know, it's nice to see them rally around that. You know, um, I think it's the perfect charity for him, considering the situation, especially considering the situation. Yeah. Um, and, and I applaud the Philly fans for backing him in that in that regard. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Let, let's get a timeout, Gunner. And again, it'll be Noel on the mound tonight. So fingers crossed. You never know how that's going to work Sprinkle out. Sprinkle some holy water. Oh, man. Let me let me throw the, throw the blessing down there. All right. Let's get a timeout. And we will come back. Looking forward to to, to chatting with uh, Bill Colarulo, who is uh, who's joining the Jacob family uh, with his new podcast, which is Legal Hands to the Face. We will do that with Bill when we return, don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Pro Action Restoration. Pro Action Restoration. So you get a hard rain and your basement's flooded. You unfortunately have an issue where there may be a fire or you might find some mold in your house. Any of these kind of things. Go through it. You're not really sure how to handle it, right? You're maybe not equipped to handle it, but they are. Uh, Pro Action Restoration is on call. 24 hours, seven days a week. So you have a problem at night, in the morning. You have a problem on a weekend, on a holiday. They're there. I can tell you that from personal experience because it happened to my parents at their house. I called Pro Action Restoration. They got right out on a Saturday. They cleaned up the problem. It was an absolutely just a, a sigh of relief for my parents. Uh, they are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action Restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, any of the above, and then some, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness of. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Alright, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. Go to the cafe. Mama, go. Up, up, up. <laughs> She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. 
Welcome back in, everybody. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Sports Tape, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. If you could smash that like button, friends, we do appreciate it. All right, joining us now, uh, you can check out his podcast, Legal Hands to the Face, uh, on not only uh, wherever you get your, your podcast, but also starting on Jacob Sports. He is Bill Colarulo. Bill, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Oh, Thanks, guys. What's up, D-Gun? How you doing, buddy? Good, you, man. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Good, yeah, bro. so Bill, tell us, uh, tell us about what Legal Hands to Face is. What, what's it all about? So I am chasing the sports talk dream, Rob. So okay. I'm, a, I'm an attorney, practiced law for about 15 years, was a trial lawyer, but the true passion was always Philadelphia sports, especially the Philadelphia Eagles. So I started this podcast about six months ago now, and the support's been great, the growth's been great. Just turned 40, I decided, you know what? I want to die with memories, not dreams. Sold my law practice, and I am all in. Wow. wow. Okay. I was okay. just about to ask you, were you gonna, is this like a side job? Or are you going to do both? Or would you just said you so? So this is what you call taking a leap of faith. Why, no did, you wait, why, did, you, why did you wait this long to pursue something <laughs> like this? You know, I had a successful law practice. I had a great business partner. Him and I grew a wonderful firm. Still there. It's called Grungo Law now. Great people. We have about 35 staff members who were just mm -hmm. phenomenal people. And it was tough to leave all of them. But at the same time, I said, you know what? I've done it. I went to law school. I've tried cases. I've taken cases to juries and been able to tell clients stories. But now I want to pursue the dream. So really, I got kind of the best of both worlds. I got to do the you know, professional stuff. But now it's so much easier. I got to tell you, talking about things that people like. Because yeah. before I was trying to talk about the law and car accidents and People like the Eagles, thankfully. It's a lot easier talking about things people like than things people don't like. And not a lot of people like lawyers. <laughs> Give us an example, Bill, of the craziest, you know, trial or anything, any, any sort of weird, you know, we'll get into Eagles in a second, but I, I'm always curious about this kind of stuff. So I, I would probably say the, the strangest one I had was there was a, a brutal murder in Gloucester County, New Jersey. And the family hired me. I was a civil lawyer. So the family hired me to bring a civil lawsuit against the murderer. Okay. Mm. And I did it. I was able to get a big judgment against them. And then Fox 29 did a piece. And I'm on the news talking about how we're going to go after this guy and all that. And then one of the lawyers in my office says, aren't you a little bit nervous? You're, right. you're talking about a murderer. <laughs> I said, yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that, but no, it was nice. You know, the, the beautiful part about the type of law I practiced is we represented people. We represented individuals, and I was usually getting them money for something that happened in their life. So when they were finished with my representation, I was handing them a check as right. opposed to what a lot of people are used to, which is handing a lawyer a check. So that's what I liked about it. But now we're, uh, we're, we're pursuing the dreams, man. So we're here, and it's an exciting time for the Philadelphia Eagles fans, that's for sure. No doubt. So, so, so are you just going to hone in on football or are you going to cover the whole gamut of sports? So Legal Hands to the Face, my podcast that's going to start streaming every Monday night live during the season. It's now available on all the social platforms and all the podcast platforms. We're all Philadelphia Eagles. So okay. I grew up ice hockey player, baseball player, played football as well, went on to play college and, and coached football. So I've really focused on the Eagles, but I'm a four for four guy. I mean, I, I love all the sports. I heard you guys talking earlier. I'd give Trey Turner the ovation tonight. I think booing him hasn't worked. So let's try something different. Let's try to support the guy tonight and see what happens. Interesting. And, and, right, well, let me, ask, let me yeah. ask you like I asked Rob. Do you know what city you're in? <laughs> you forgot, you forgot what city you're in? 
You know what it is, though, and I know it's been compared a lot to Alec Bohm from last year, is once the guy comes out and admits how bad things have been and says, look, I'm the reason we lost the game, that's all our fans need. We just don't want to hear excuses. We don't want to see people not trying. I don't think Trey's not trying. The guy's right. just in a slump. So, you know, that's – look at Brian Dawkins, who's beloved here. He didn't have the greatest game every single week, but what everybody loved about him is he put his all on the field no matter what. And I think as long as people are trying, we're going to be supportive, even in Philadelphia. Okay. All right. So, Bill, let, let's talk uh, Let's talk birds here. Um, we had Ray Dittinger on a little bit earlier. We we were running through some things with him. Um, but but from your standpoint, the outlook of this, this is an unbelievably talented team, but we know the odds are stacked against anybody trying to make a repeat run, whether that's winning the NFC again or winning the Super Bowl. So why are they different in your estimation? Man, and you're not kidding. No team's repeat as an NFC East in almost 20 years, and no NFC team has gone back to the Super Bowl after losing in, what, almost 50 years. So they got a real uphill battle and the toughest schedule in the league. But I think what really separates them, and I was on with Jody Mack this morning, and I said the combination between quarterback and head coach of Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni is by far the best in the NFC. Not the NFL. AFC's got a lot of quarterbacks and head coaches. But you look around the NFC, who can even compare to that duo between Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni? And I think that's what's really going to help carry the day where they try to go through this brutal, brutal stretch in the middle of that schedule. When you look at this offense in particular, where do you think it can improve, if any? Definitely the pass-catching threat out of the backfield. I mean, we saw last year, as good as Miles Sanders was, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenny Gainwell all combined for only 48 catches. Mm-hmm. Well, DeAndre Swift had 48 catches himself last year in Detroit. The year before that, he had over 60 catches. As a rookie, he had over 40 catches. So as good as the offense was, that's something that's really lacked since the Andy Reid days when we had those great screen teams. So I think you bring a guy like DeAndre Swift, it can really add an element to this offense that defenses are now going to have to game plan for. And you add that element along with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, hopefully Dallas Goddard stays healthy this year. I think if he stays healthy, he could be an all-pro tight end. He's that good. And you still have the threat of Jalen Hurts running out of the backfield. How do you game plan for that as a defense? So I really think that pass-catching threat can raise this team to another level from the offensive side of the ball. All right, I think we all agree offensively they're in pretty good shape, but defensively there's a lot of changes. Seven starters gone from last year. New defensive coordinator, new coaching staff on that side of the ball. What makes you think this defense will be able to keep up with the offense or will they not be able to? I think the Eagles are going to win some games this year just by outscoring the other team because the offense is going to be that good. I've been concerned about the defense since they let T.J. Edwards and Kazir White walk. I was okay with them letting Kazir White walk. I thought he had an up-and-down year last year. But I was a lot higher on T.J. Edwards than a lot of people were. I don't think we gave him the credit he deserved last year. Led the team in tackles. Top seven in the NFL in tackles. Wore the green dot. Played 94% of the defensive snaps. And clearly the Chicago Bears felt like they were upgrading in the linebacker position. They let Nicholas Morrow walk and paid T.J. Edwards a lot more money. So I think that that's going to be a position where I know we're putting a lot of hope on the Kobe Dean to be the guy he was at Georgia, but he's a guy we've only seen play 34 defensive snaps. Mm -hmm. And outside of him, you saw what happened the last two days of training camp. Dean's out. 
They're dropping Derek Barnett back there, Nolan Smith. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of question marks at that backup linebacker position. Who's going to play the weak side linebacker? Is it going to be Morrow? I know a lot of guys are excited about this Christian Ellis, but he's another guy. He's only really played special teams. So a lot of unknowns at that linebacker position. That's a concern I have. But I think where the Eagles do value, we know they don't value the linebacker position, but what they do value is that defensive line, and I think that's going to have to carry the day again like it did last year. I was upset they lost Javon Hargrave, but I'm okay with what the 49ers paid him. No way the Eagles were going to match that. But then they go out and bring in Jalen Carter in the draft, and I'm very excited to see what another year of Jordan Davis is going to look like, especially a healthy year. You know, Last year he had that lower leg injury on a guy that big. That's going to impact you all season long. But a lot of people are talking about Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, but the D-tackle that I'm most excited to see this year is Milton Williams. Going into his third year, we saw him improve year after year on the Eagles squad. And did you see pictures of that guy? I mean, he looks like an absolute beast coming into the season this year. So I'm really excited to see what Milton Williams can do. And you bring back Fletcher Cox for another year. So the D-tackle position, I think, is going to be solid. And then our edge rushers, my goodness, you talk about being deep at a position with Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Nolan Smith. They restructured Derek Barnett. I don't have much confidence that he's going to be able to do much this year. But you bring back Brandon Graham, too. So I think that defensive line is really going to have to carry the day because in addition to the linebacker question mark, we didn't get into the safeties yet. And that's another big one. Do you subscribe to the notion of giving Reed Blankenship as much time as possible to solidify that spot? Or are you like a lot of people, let's expedite the learning curve of, of Sidney Brown and get him in there? And I think that I, I like the way they're bringing Sidney Brown along. The guy is a young guy. If you watched him at Illinois, he's an exciting player to watch. Throws his body around. If he can play at the NFL level, I think he's instantly going to be a fan favorite in Philadelphia because of the way he brings it. But he's got a lot to learn. I mean, there's a reason why he was drafted in the third round, I believe. So he's got a lot to learn. I don't think you just throw a rookie like that in. Let him come along slowly. Let him learn a little bit. But if he is the guy that we saw at Illinois throwing his body around, I'm not saying he's Brian Dawkins, not comparing him to Brian Dawkins from a player's perspective, but he has that same level of intensity on how he throws his body around and the fans in Philly will love him. Right guard. Uh, Looking at Cam Juergens, at least the leader in the clubhouse, some people have concerns. I know Ray Dittinger's concerned about the size of he and and Kelsey lining up next to one another. Does that concern you at all? You know, it's interesting. I saw that a lot in the offseason. Dittinger, I think uh, Brian Boldinger also were concerned about Juergens' size. I know that this these players list themselves at different sizes than they actually are. I did the same thing when I played. But Jurgens was listed at 302. Isaac Sayamala was listed at 304. So as far as how they were listed, not a drastic difference between size, but the eye test tells you otherwise. Sayamala is a little bit bigger of a guy. But from what we saw from Cam Jurgens in the preseason last year, I know it was at the center position, but you could see how athletic he is, how strong he is, and how smart of a player he is. And when you got a guy like that, Jason Kelsey is a prime example, you know how to use your leverage, and you know how to use your strength and your body. You can make up for being a little bit undersized. So I don't think it's as big of a deal as others do with his size. And clearly, I don't think the Eagles do either because there really hasn't been a competition in training camp. You haven't seen Tyler Steen get a lot of reps at right guard. I know he did today 
because they moved Jurgens over to the center position. But it seems that this is Cam Jurgens' job, and there's really not even a competition there. So I'm pretty confident in Jurgens. I'm excited to see that offensive line, and I don't think you'll see them miss a beat this year. Um, the the thing that's most interesting about this Eagles team is they're such a complete team, and yet they're such a team with so many question marks as well going in. This, I mean, this team has been decimated by deletions in the coaching ranks as well uh, as personnel. And then you look at the teams that they're going to face on this schedule. Give me your perspective on who you think the biggest threat is to this Eagles team or a number of teams who you think could be a big threat to this team in the NFC this year. Yeah, I think the obvious one that everyone talks about is the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, the good thing the Eagles have going for us is the 49ers team, who's going to be their quarterback? Is Brock Purdy going to be healthy? Is Trey Lance ready? Is it Sam Darnold? So that's the one weakness that the 49ers have. But outside of that, they have a great defense. Between them and the Eagles, the two best defensive lines in the NFC. So I think they're the obvious one. But there's another one that it pains me to say as an Eagles fan, and it's the Dallas Cowboys. I know they've taken a step back. I know a lot of people don't have confidence in Dak Prescott. He's been a turnover machine. But in his career, he's 27-7 and against the NFC East. He's mm. eight and three against the Eagles, nine and two against the Commanders, and ten and two against the New York Giants. So as bad as Dak Prescott has been, and it's been bad at times, he hasn't been bad against the NFC East. And if the Eagles want to repeat as NFC East champs for the first time in almost 20 years, they have to figure out a way to beat Dak Prescott because they really haven't been able to do it. Or how far behind do you think the defense will be versus the offense? I think it's going to be really far behind, really far behind, because not only are you replacing a bunch of players, you have a brand new a brand new defensive coordinator. The benefit on the offensive side of the ball is this is a Jalen Hurts offense. This is a Nick Sirianni offense. Brian Johnson's been here for a couple years. He's got experience with Jalen Hurts, played for his dad. So at, what I'm concerned about on the offensive side of the ball is some of the in-game play calling. I know that that goes – Brian Johnson spoke yesterday about how a lot of that play calling is done in the game planning throughout the week, and that's true. But the questions that I have are that in-game feel. We've, both, we've all watched the games. You've seen how good Shane Steichen was, how good Doug Peterson was in 2017. You have to have a feel for the game and being able to call the right plays at the right time. And I'm confident Brian Johnson will get there, but that's something that'll be – you'll have to see him go through some growing pains. But on the defensive side of the ball – Everything's new, new linebackers, new safeties, whole new defensive scheme. I know it's going to be similar to what Jonathan Gannon ran, but Sean Desai is going to put his own wrinkles on it. Even so far in training camp, something that Gannon didn't really do a lot last year, that three safety look they've been experimenting with. So, you know, you're going to see some different things. You just have to hope that that defensive line is going to be talented enough that they're going to put pressure on the quarterback and especially from that defensive tackle position, if they can cause interior pressure on the quarterback, that disrupts a lot of things. And that can make up for a lot of problems on the back end with your safeties if you're putting pressure on a quarterback from that interior. Does Quez Watkins lock down the slot position? You know, I was one of the guys in the offseason saying they have to upgrade that slot receiver position because Quez Watkins really took a step back last year. I know Sirianni's come out and said, hey, on tape, we're happy with what Quez is doing, but he really missed out on some opportunities last year. 
They lost that Commanders game because of a couple turnovers, some mistakes. And then in that Super Bowl, that was a big drop by Quez Watkins. I know it would have been a tough catch, but if he catches that ball that hit his hands, we may be talking about another parade on Broad Street. So I was a little bit down on Quez, but from all accounts, he's coming to camp. He's got the right mindset. He worked hard in the offseason. He's got a ton of talent. I mean, he's fast as can be. But does he have that slot position locked down? From mm-hmm. what you're seeing so far in camp, I think so. But I'm also excited to see what that Alama Day Zacchaeus can do, local kid from St. Joe's Prep. On a team last year, the Falcons, who had some pretty up-and-down quarterback play between Mariota and Ritter, Alama Day put up some numbers. He had more receiving yards than Quez Watkins, had more catches than Quez Watkins. So I think you'll see Alama Day Zacchaeus work his way in a little bit, but I still think Sirianni's high on Quez and he hasn't done anything this camp so far. It's still early to change that. So I do think Watkins is going to be your wide receiver three. So what worries you, Bill? What, what, what concerns you going into this thing? Aside from, you know, nobody ever seems to repeat. What worries you about the squad? You know, one of the areas that I'm still concerned about, and we're not talking about it a lot, is the special teams unit. And I think that if Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen didn't leave for head coaching jobs, I think you would have seen the Eagles make a change at the special teams coordinator with Michael Clay. Mm-hmm. But I think Nick Sirianni probably decided, I don't want to have to replace all three coordinators. The first, Just having to replace the offensive and defensive coordinator after a Super Bowl, there's only been two teams since 1994 that went to a Super Bowl that had to replace both coordinators. you got to go all the way back to the 94-49ers and the 2004 Patriots who had to replace both offensive and defensive coordinator. But that special teams unit really struggled last year under Michael Clay. They got away with it all season, but it came back to haunt us at the worst time on that Cardarius Tony punt return. But you look at the numbers from last year, they were in the bottom three for kickoff returns against. They were in the bottom two for net punting yards. And it wasn't like their return game was that great either. They were in the middle of the pack for both of those. So that's an area that still concerns me. And the problem there is your depth players have to be able to play special teams. They have to be able to contribute there. I'm hopeful guys like Sidney Brown, maybe Keely Ringo can step in and solidify that unit. But the special teams unit has to be better. And then the questions marks that we just mentioned too. That, that defense, the middle, of the middle linebacker position, the weak side linebacker position, the safeties, are they going to be good enough And God forbid of injuries. Last year, it was unheard of for all 22 starters on opening day to play in the Super Bowl. If guys get hurt this year, are they deep enough at that linebacker position, at that safety position? And we've even, you mentioned Quez Quez Watkins. God forbid A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith goes down. Are they deep enough at the wide receiver position to overcome it? So I really think health is a big issue. Special teams is a big issue and then linebacker and safety. Those are the things that I'd like to to see get solidified. Bill, in some ways, do you think Nick Sirianni is underappreciated? I mean, his team as a whole, and both sides of the ball last year, accomplished so many tremendous things statistically. And sometimes people forget, well, you have one guy who, who puts it all together, and the conversation has gone back and forth off, all offseason about just how appreciated is the Nick Sirianni. How do you perceive it? You talking on a national level or in the city of Philadelphia? Both. I'm both. I think in the city of Philadelphia, he's pretty loved. I I really do. I think, you know, sometimes I think we do lose sight of the fact of how smart of a football mind he may be because he's such a rah-rah, 
rocking the T-shirts, you know, uh, mugging to the camera on the sidelines. But this guy is a smart, smart football coach. And what I loved most about him, and I think we appreciate it here in Philly, and I'm not sure it gets appreciated as much nationally, is he really came in and created a great culture on this Eagles team. He talks about it, being able to connect with your players, not only on the field, but outside of that locker room. And I think we have, and it stems from Jalen Hurts as well, but Nick Sirianni's preaching it at the top, is we have a very close-knit team. These guys really seem to care about one another. There's not a lot of drama going into this season like you may have on other teams. That's why I was so mad the question got asked to Hassan Reddick yesterday about being underpaid because really we have no drama on this team. It, expectations are through the roof and everybody seems to be working towards the same goal. So, you know, on a national level, maybe Sirianni's not getting the credit he deserves because of some of the things he does on the sidelines. But I think in Philly, he's pretty loved, which is talk about a 180 after that first press conference he had to, st- to start his coaching career. And now I don't think he'll ever buy a drink again. I've seen him. I live in, in New Jersey and he's uh, handing out shots at, at Brewers over in Haddon Township. People just absolutely love the guy. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. Bill, all right. So tell everybody again, uh, legal's, legal hands to face. Where can they check it out and when will we be seeing you on, on Jacob? So we're on all your favorite social media platforms, legal hands to the face. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, threads. We're everywhere. And as far as the podcast, any podcast platform you're using, legal hands to the face. And then starting with the first game of the season, we're going to be live streaming our show right here on the Jacob Sports Network every single Monday night at 630. So be sure to like, subscribe, share. The more Eagles fans we could reach, the better. Awesome. Bill. Welcome aboard, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Good luck with everything. And we're looking forward to uh, to chatting. We appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I like I like watching you guys. So that, glad thanks, to be a part Bill. of it. Appreciate okay. It. Take care, Bill. Have a good day. You be guys. Good. Same to Bill you. Kyle Rulo. Uh yeah, legal hands to the face. So check it out, Gunner. That's uh that's for sure. Uh, I wanted to to pass this along. We're gonna dive really headlong into our NFL stuff in a second, but Cole Hamels has officially retired. Yeah. Uh he gave it a couple couple goes a few years, Atlanta. San Diego, you know, some other, some other places at one point. Yes. The Rangers. Yeah. The Rangers. Yeah. It didn't, didn't quite work out for him. Injuries and some other stuff set him back, but yeah, calling it a career and look, a guy who won an NLCS and world series MVP for the Phillies. So he deserves some love, man. He, He had a hell of a career here and he was heck of a Philly. He was one of the few homegrown pitching talents that really turned out to be that guy. So he was hell of a pitcher for this team. In this organization you know the thing is um that in the time that we covered him you look at him and you look at the success that he had um in philadelphia he wasn't the biggest guy i mean he was tall like six two but he was a thinner guy you know it's like he he, he had power behind his pitches but you know what he was kind of like an Aaron Nola, like in, in in some ways great breaking pitches sneaky fastball mm-hmm. but he was more consistent when he was here than Aaron has been this year. I hate to keep bringing that up, but no, right. he's more consistent. But in his heyday, he was a heart and soul of that pitching staff, no question about it. Absolutely. He, he was the ace. He, when he stepped to the hill, it was like you automatically knew it was going to be a win. You know, yes. whether it was a 2-1 game or whatever, the one nothing game, you knew he was going to give you a solid six, seven innings. Um, and, you know, I just love the way he pitched. But he was a cool, calm customer. Nothing seemed to rattle him. No moment too high, no moment too low. And, of course, he was surrounded by great talent on that team as well. 
Yeah, no, he was, he was, but he was, uh, he was really good. I know, I, I guess everybody, I guess everybody from that team's done now. Um, you know, all Ooh. retired and yeah, yeah. it's yeah. crazy, but that's, uh, that's kind of where they're at. I would assume, um, you know, you're going to see at some point, I would think sooner rather than later, you're going to see Howard's number six retire, Jimmy Rollins 11, 26 for, for Utley. Those, nobody wears those. They, they have been wearing 35. So I don't know if, if Cole will get his number quite retired, but the mm-hmm. other ones will be and should be, you know, that much for sure. sure. Let me throw the sprinkle in a little on this date, which I know you'll appreciate. So it was on this date 30 years ago, 1993. When Nolan Ryan, who was still pitching, I think he was 45, whatever he was, hit Robin Ventura. You remember Ventura came after oh, him, yeah. and Nolan Ryan tuned him up. For the White Sox? Yes. Oh, yes. Now, don't mess with the old man. Do not do not mess with the old man. He, he took him out, man. Ventura charged that mound, and Nolan Ryan put him in a front headlock. And just <laughs> he, was like, he was like giving him noogies like yeah. you, give, you know, when you're a kid, you know? And I always remember when Nolan, when, when Nolan was asked about that moment, um, Nolan said, growing up, he grew up on a farm, and they had to wrestle steers, you know, to brand them and stuff. Yeah. So that's how he learned that front headlock, you know, when the steers <laughs> were young. He, he learned from manhandling those young steers so he could brand them. He used that move on Ventura. Yeah, he steered Ventura, that's for sure. Yeah. He, Ventura probably thought his life was being choked out of him. <laughs> But that was that's one of the all timers, man. Do not mess with Nolan Ryan, that's for sure. Nolan, um, Ryan, Nolan Ryan will always be one of my favorite pitchers because yeah. the man was in his mid 40s, still throwing close to 100 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, he was just different. He was that guy, man, just different. That's we, sure. we talk about the freaks of nature in sports like Tom Brady and football. Nolan Ryan was that guy in baseball, man. And the thing is, the dude Harley, he hardly worked out. You know, you know, all these guys that day and age are working out, building muscle. He hardly worked out, and he didn't pitch a lot. He didn't throw a lot in his off time. Mm-hmm. But he stepped to the hill, and, and when you said Nolan, the Ryan Express, you know it was coming right down the pike. And you, yeah. A lot of guys just could not touch it, man. He had perfect mechanics, too. Yes. I mean, he was just the compact, you know, just – drive with the legs the whole thing it, it was it was perfection all right let's come back it is nfl time d gun guys getting extensions guys traveling other places some tua stuff some lion stuff gruden uh john gruden in the news as well we'll hit all of that kind of thing uh when we come back don't go anywhere he's Derek gun i am rob ellis we are sports take jacob sports youtube network i want to tell you right now about flynn tree services yes flynn tree services uh licensed, uh, experienced, insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They specialize in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You know, keep in mind, you can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850- 2848 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com that's flynntreeservices.com
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's Derek. I am Rob. And uh, let's talk a little NFL, Gunner. All right. Let's, uh, let's do it. A lot going on here, for sure. Eagles held their uh, their sixth practice of the day. The The only, I guess, downside was Patrick Johnson's injury. But, it, you know, it appears that it's not all that serious. Again, if we hear anything further, there's, you know, some tests, I think, still pending. We'll get any more information, uh, we will pass that along. That's for sure. All right. So uh NFL wise, you know, Derek, this this one's interesting to me. I, I was gonna hit you with this one later, but I want to I want to go there right away. So John Gruden's consulting yes. with the Saints, and he's he's I think gonna work with them over the, the course of the weekend. He's gonna do the next three days with them. Okay. So my my question I have for you is. We know there's a lot of hard feelings with him in the NFL, him and Roger Goodell, the way that everything, you know, sort of played out with Daniel Snyder and and somebody you know, seemingly targeting him, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think he will ever coach again in the league? Yes. Yes. How, really? When? Okay. I don't know. I think, you know, I think we've, We've seen things in the past where you wait a few years, let hard feelings subside. Um, 
it's it's going to be depending on what happens with this lawsuit that he has. If if he has, you know what? Let me rethink that. If he wins a big money lawsuit against the owners, yeah, I think they will blacklist him out of the league. They'll be so. Yeah, I don't think he coaches again. I, I think the owners are going to blacklist him, and I think Roger Goodell, as long as he's there and he doesn't appear to be going anywhere anytime soon, is going to do everything he can to keep him out. I think I think if he doesn't win a lawsuit, they'll let him in the back door. But if he takes them for a big monetary lawsuit, there's no way he's getting back in the league. But it all comes down to money. You know, what happens with this lawsuit will determine whether or not he coaches in the NFL again or whether he wants to coach at the college ranks or just ride off into the sunset and do something else. Yeah, that's I, I see. I think the tough thing for him is he's going to he's already got plenty of money and he's, he could have plenty True. more after this. But I honestly and I, and I look we're all motivated by money. You got to, you got to feed your family. But I think this guy loves football so much that this I is agree. killing him. It's killing him not to be able to, to do something on a on a regular basis. You know, the consulting stuff's great. and It kind of yep. keeps his foot in the door a little, but I'm telling you, this dude is, he eats, sleeps and breathes it. He, he's a lifer football man. You know, it's all he knows X's and O's and, and, and yelling and, and, and yucking it up with the guys, whether it's coaches or the players, um, he's he's fed off that for much of his career. And you could tell, you know, like, again, when, when they show those old shows, like the NFL film shows, and they've iced on him in practices and in games, you can tell he soaks up every moment of it. And you're right. It's got to be killing him. Um, and, and this was not by his own doing. It was because some of the stuff he said, but I, I still can't get over the fact that out of 650-some-odd thousand emails, his email was the only one that was leaked. Mm-hmm. So somebody was out to get him, you know, and boy, did they get him. Now he got a nice settlement to leave Oakland, I'm sure. And he's possibly going to get big money um, from the NFL, but uh, from the NFL on this lawsuit. But I think he would give it all up if he could get back out there again and coach uh, yeah. another season in, in the national football league. Yeah. Uh, this one, this is, this is uh, so Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Uh, in a new documentary uh, that's coming out, Netflix Untold, Johnny Manziel, uh, says that after the 2015 season, he began using Oxycontin cocaine daily. Uh, yeah. Dropped from 215 pounds to 175. He's going through all kinds of other stuff. Charges against them for assaulting a girlfriend at the time. Uh, he was cut by the Browns in 2016. And he said that uh, he went on a five million dollar bender, uh, you know, just self sabotage, and then uh, attempted to end his life. Bought a gun, pulled the trigger, and it just clicked. It did not fire the bullet. Woo! And, yeah. Um, so you know, obviously didn't get back into football. Refused to seek treatment. His family was trying to get him to to seek out treatment. After the suicide attempt, he left Los Angeles, returned back to his family's home in Texas, according to his dad, who, whose name is Paul. He said, quote, it's been a long, long road. I don't know if it's been great or it's been bad. That's kind of still up for debate. Uh, we're blessed that he's still with us and we can mend all the fences still. I think Johnny's got better days coming than what he's had. Uh, you know, it still doesn't sound like things are, you know, spectacular there, but he's still with us. But uh that's a cautionary tale, man. You know, you you could almost tell from the jump that that guy was not headed down the right path. You know, uh, and 
throwing money at him was was probably the worst thing that could have happened. Plus, didn't he have a drinking problem also? Drinking and drugs, yeah, both. If I'm not mistaken, he had a drinking problem as well. This sounds like to me of dealing with a severe case of depression. And he's bipolar. He's been diagnosed he's as being bipolar. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, the fact that he pulled that trigger and it got a click, you know what? That's somebody up there looking out for him and giving yeah, him a got spared. Second. Yeah. You know, he got spared, man. And hopefully he gets the proper help. Um, hopefully his family just continues to rally around him, embrace him, encourage him, and get him the necessary help that he needs. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I also see somewhere that he's about to open up a bar? Oh, I don't know. If I'm not mistaken, I thought I saw something last night or this morning stating that he's going to open up a bar. I don't know if that's a wise thing to do to be around that kind of environment. You know, oh boy, yeah, I don't know that kind of stuff. Probably not. I I didn't see it, but I'm not saying that isn't the case. I just didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't think him being in a bar setting is 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 probably the best uh, best way to go. Um, yeah. That's for sure. All right, uh, Alvin Kamara has uh, has apologized at length uh, today for the role in that that fight in Vegas. Um, took responsibility, you know, et cetera. He said it's a it's a tough ordeal to be in. You know, I never wanted to be involved in something where someone gets hurt or severely injured or anything. He said at Saints practice today. Poor judgment on my end, definitely a bad decision, but I am human. Everything I've done in my life, I've stood on, and I can take accountability for it. I can say I'm wrong, and I was completely you know, wrong. So maybe this is part of the discussion that he had with Roger Goodell. Maybe Goodell wanted him to go public with this, or maybe he just decided on his own. I don't know, whatever the timing of it. It's, it's after he met with Goodell on Wednesday. So we met with him two days ago, uh, and he's come out and apologized. I, I Maybe he's looking for some leniency from Goodell. I don't know. Or maybe he's just owning it. Well, first thing, first thing I would say is why did he wait until now for the public apology? Yeah. You know, I, I don't remember. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember seeing a public apology way back when when the incident happened, number one. Right. And number two, while you're reading the statement, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Is the public apology a part of reducing whatever penalty he's going to get or eliminating the penalty altogether, to be honest with you? Um, I, I just think it's it's funny that this po- apology comes out after he he meets with the commissioner right. instead of instead of it coming out months ago when all of this went down. You know, makes you a little uh, suspicious of the timing yeah, of it. You know, you know so, for sure. Yeah. But that, that's the nature of the beast. That's how that's how football players are, are handled sometimes, man. You know what? If you do this, it'll go away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If, if you say this it'll be over with and we get back to normalcy again. You know, I hear you. I hear you, man. Um, this is a shame for this guy. Cause he, he it just, it hasn't worked out at the NFL level, but Jeff Okuda was oh. carted, yeah, carted off the field Friday for he's with the Falcons now, uh, right ankle injury in practice. Um, they're going to have an MRI. We, we don't know the update right now. He's still only 24. Yeah. Um, you know, working on a one-on-one drill and he went down. Uh, and then they carted him off. You remember, it didn't. It hasn't really worked out for him. What was he? Detroit, right before this. He was uh he was uh either the third or fourth overall pick uh, by Detroit when he came out of college. Yeah. Never quite panned. Never quite panned out in Detroit to the point they traded him uh, down to Atlanta. Um, and now he has to deal with this. Yep. <laughs> you know. Um, I, I hope it's again. You hope it falls in the category of not too serious. 
but you know, you just have to wait for the for the definitive results. You know, hopefully he can res- resurrect his career down there. But I'm when you when you think about the volume of money Atlanta spent on defensive players oh. this season, you, the last thing you need to do is have a defensive player of all people going down for you. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So uh, a couple other things. Cameron Jordan gets an extension with the Saints, two years, seventy-five million. So he gets paid. Uh, he, he look, he's been one hell of a player for them. Yeah. Um, so. You like seeing guys like that get paid. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, a couple other odds and ends here. Yannick Ngakwe uh, gets a one-year $10.5 million deal with the Bears. I, he, I don't – this is another one. Like, this falls under the category of Brandon Cooks for me. This guy produces every year wherever he is. But he's yes. been fifth team since 2020. Like, what's that's, going on there? That's, that, that's frightening when you think about that. Is, is it personality clashes? What is it? And, and not, on, not only that, but the Bears are giving him $10 million this this late. For one it, year it, this late, yeah. And they're giving him $10 million. So obviously they identified he's worthy uh, of paying that kind of money to, but why why hasn't he been able to stay with the team? Is, and and why, why hasn't any team till now, till we're into camp, given him a deal? Exactly. I don't know. Um, I'm looking at okay. So he was, he he spent four years with Jacksonville, then Minnesota, then the Raiders, then Indy. Right. His last two seasons, Rob, Vegas and Indy combined, 19 and a half sacks. So he's still productive. Something's he, up. He played 17, get full 17 games slate in 21, played 15 games in 22, and yet still had only a half sack less than what he had in 21 with two more games. I, I don't get this one. I don't get I, it. I really don't. There's, there's got to be something else going on. I, but, I mean, I have, I don't recall anything off the field, like in terms of legal no. trouble or any. I, I don't know. It could be just a teammate thing. You're right. But, man, you look at you look at what that, that Bears defense looks like now. They get some players. Dude, they have here's, – here's the way they stack up right now. You have Demarcus Walker playing right in. T.J. Edwards playing the wheelbacker. Tremaine Edmonds, who they got from Buffalo, is, is, is the Mike. Jack Sanborn is a Sam. And then on the back end, just two of the guys in the back end, you have Jawan Brisker and, and Eddie Jackson. <laughs> There's some players there. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. You know, you're right. We talked about this a little bit earlier with Ray. Maybe we shouldn't just anoint the Bear, the Lions as the winner in that division. This thing might be a little bit more interesting than we think. Oh, first you know, of all, it's the Bears. I, I'm not. I'm not including the Bears. The Packers are in the rebuilding mode. It's let me tell you, it's a two horse race. It's yeah. Minnesota and Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, 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 that's, where was, that's where I was headed. Minnesota's the team you really. I, I think we're yeah. not giving enough love to, and I think there are questions defensively for them for sure. I, but. I am not giving Minnesota anything. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Take that, Marvin. Yes. Yes, Friday, Marvin. Take that's it. it. That's I'm it. not giving the Vikings nothing. Um, all right, so we talked about Tua getting stronger in the offseason. We'll see if that impacts anything, you know, in terms of uh, him staying healthy. But Speaking of Tua, yeah, did you see the story that came out about his brother? The brother who plays for Maryland? Yes. G- give he, me, was give off, me the, yeah. he was offered a, a, a NIL uh, contract for $1.5 million if he would relocate to an SEC school. The SEC school hasn't been identified, but he turned it down. 
He would have been making more than some of the lower tier quarterbacks in the NFL on this NIL deal. Wow. He turned it down. Mm. You know, he started his career at Alabama, then he transferred to Maryland. Yeah. And he said, I'd rather be happy than unhappy with the money. <laughs> God, okay. God bless. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Look, I, I look at it one of two ways. Would I have turned that down? Probably not. 1.5 million can be life-changing on, on so exactly. many levels. Maybe, maybe his thinking is my only shot to get to the NFL is to stay in this system that works for me and continue to get better. And I'm comfort, comfortable here. I wouldn't know what I was stepping into elsewhere. Maybe he's trying to look big picture long-term. It could be, you know, what, and if that's, what, if that's what he's doing, I mean, look good for him. It takes guts. Hey, Somebody's dangling point. that coin in front of me. I don't, I, I'm like, uh, what, what time's the flight to wherever yeah. I'm headed? You know, 1.5 million. I'd be happy at the North pole. I'm with you. I'm with you there. But, but according to the, the reports, so Tua has been taking jujitsu and, and doing a lot of light weightlifting and all this other stuff. And it's, he's now got a, a better arsenal of, of throws. He's more, he's got more variety on his throws as, as Mike McDaniel says, more pitches in the arsenal. He's, he's able to do some sort of, you know, the goofy sidearm stuff that you see Mahomes do and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Right. I, you know, stay upright and breathing. That's all I ask you, you know, because <laughs> I'm going to see, I want to see, I do want to see what this Dolphins team looks like at their best. It's I true. really do. As, as do I, as do I, I, I'm with you. I would, I really would like to see what this offense could be. Yeah. If he stays healthy, uh, the lions, Dan Campbell says they're going to use the two headed monster approach, which he's had a lot of times, either as a player or an assistant coach throughout his NFL yep. career. Uh, you remember they they signed David Montgomery from the Bears, yep. who's more of your power guy, and they drafted Jameer Gibbs, who's more you know kind of finesse, catch the balls out of the backfield, that kind of stuff. I actually think that that's a nice little tandem there with those two. Well, they that was that was how they did it when Swift was there. They had uh, Jamal Williams, who was the power guy. Remember Jamal Williams had like what fifteen rushing touchdowns. Yeah, and Swift was your was your change of pace guy. You know. And that, what a combination they have right now uh, oh, yeah. with Montgomery and this young kid coming out of college. <laughs> you know, um, I expect to see that's more weapons. That's, that's more weapons for that uh, Jared Goff, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's why I say, you know what, I think I do believe we have a lot of question marks about Detroit's defense, but I do believe they're going to be sitting at the top of that division when it's all said and done. Yeah. They've had uh, some yeah. nice, nice offseason additions. Uh, they have a good nucleus of holdovers from last year that made a lot of headwaves down the stretch. And I think they're going to be right there. You know, Minnesota, I think Minnesota is going to be looking up at them mm -hmm. in that division. Uh, beyond that, couple couple little things. The Vikings working out Ronald Darby. Ronald, you know, still still looking to do his thing in the league. He's good still there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Man. I, you know, he's I thought he was I, I thought he had retired. Uh, but no, he, he has not. According to Zach Taylor, there's no changes in the recovery timeline, which we really haven't gotten anything definitively uh, on mm. Joe Burrow. He did say he's moving around normally after the calf strain that, that he that he suffered. Uh, doesn't appear to be a sign that he'll be returning to action anytime soon. I mean, no kidding, right? I mean, he's, it, they said he'd be out several weeks, like we talked about. You're not seeing him until week before preparation for week one. Hmm. Um, calf, calf strings are a tricky thing, man. You know, um, and, and if they're going to happen, happen now, give it plenty of time to massage it, knead that thing like dough, get it back to where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so much is riding. It is so much is riding on so many individual players that have moved that have moved around the league this year. Um, and, and obviously he's one of them. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, but, but, but with those calf things, do they come back, they come back at the weirdest times in the weirdest ways, you know, and, and hopefully they can get it right for that team's sake. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about the commanders, maybe the possibility that they go back to the, the Redskins name. Um, but at least according to their spokesperson, that's not necessarily the case. They, they, they said, quote, for 90 years, this franchise had a different name and fans and our new owners alike have fond memories of cheering for that team and watching it win three Super Bowls, um, making a historical reference to watching and rooting for the team does not signify a shift, nor does it change the reasons for dropping the name. Like, yeah, I, I like we said, I, I don't I don't think in this day and age that it happens. I don't I think they will change the commander name, but I don't think they, they go back to Redskins. I just don't see that happening. No, um, I think that name is coming and gone. I believe they, they were under such pressure to delete the name that um, I can't see them putting themselves in, in that, under that microscope again. And I cannot see the league approving it um, again as well because the league has a hand in this as well. I do believe eventually, like you, that they will change a name that will fit what Josh Josh Harris and Magic Johnson want it to be. Right. Um but I don't. I don't think we'll ever see the the, the Washington football team call the Redskins again. No, I don't either. Uh, that's for sure. All right, you want to uh, you want to do a little greatest? You up for it? The greatest. The greatest. Yes, uh, we will do that. All right. Um, we're doing the Texans today, and for a team that hasn't been around or hasn't necessarily had great success. Yeah. Pretty good players. Uh, I, I will say that. Um, you uh, you'll lead us off. You know what? Because it's Friday and Friday makes you the happiest, I'm going to let, let you have first crack at it. All right. Thank you. Uh, I'll go with J.J. Watt. I mean, really, you as you're talking about a guy, five all pros, five pro bowls, three-time defensive player of the year. I, I would say for his era, Gunner, during his time when he was healthy, he was the most dominant force on that side of the ball. No question. League, no you know, question. Bar none. I mean, this, this guy, I don't even know where you start. And what I loved about him too was there was a lot of like old school to his game in that they put him all over the line too. They moved him out. You know, he would work on the edge. Yep. He would work interior. It was kind of Reggie White sort of, sort of feel to it. But you're talking about 20 and a half sacks in 2012, 20 and a half sacks in 2014, 17 and a half in 15. 16 sacks in 2018. You know, we, we don't even notice this, but, you know, last year he had 12 and a half sacks. His last season in the league, yes. And he stepped away after double-digit sacks. Yep. It's impressive. Um, 102 out of his 114 and a half sacks came in his 10-year span when he was with Houston. Did you know that his first five years in the league he had 74 sacks? Whoa. 74, 74 sacks in his first five. He was nonstop. And oh, by the way, he's from the great little town of Pewaukee, Wisconsin, right outside of Milwaukee. I just had to sort of throw that there in. There you go. There one, of the go. Best, one of the best fishing lakes in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, Joe Thomas last night going to the Hall of Fame. He's a Wisconsin guy, too. That's right. You know, yeah. it's been a great week for the state of Wisconsin, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when he played in Wisconsin, and he didn't even start his college career at Wisconsin. He was at like Central Michigan. And he was a tight end. And he was a tight end, and he yeah. transferred. Yeah. And if you look at his overall numbers, 
the two years that he played at Wisconsin, they weren't like wow factor numbers. They were okay. But when he got to the combine, he crushed the combine in just about every drill they had for him, and that's how he shot up the uh, draft ladder. But what a phenomenal player, nonstop motor. You know, it's it's unfortunate just as he was getting in his prime when he had a couple of years of the the back injuries, he had a back surgery. And then, of course, uh, a couple of years ago, he had the heart issue. Yeah, that's um, right. That's right. He kept playing as well. But to come back from the heart issue and get 12 and a half sacks in your last year as a national, you know, he didn't get to ride off into the sunset with a ring, but man, I don't think you could have done it much better than going out double digit sacks in your final season in the National Football League. He he was only a two star recruit coming out of high school. Yep, two star. As a, he played tight end and defensive end, and, and you know he ended up going there initially uh, to Central Michigan to play tight end. It, it was it was you know, one of the few scholarships that he he received, and then you know when he transferred, everything everything changed. You know, it was. It was we all know what happened after that. All right, who's your next one? Um, I'm going to go Andre Johnson. Um, Andre Johnson played 12 seasons in Houston. Uh, he was a third. He was a third overall um, in 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 team receptions when he was there. Um, eleven times, eleven times in his 14 uh, four was it four 12 year career. Eleven times he put up big numbers. You know, he, he has four, over 14,000 receiving yards. He, he has great year. numbers. He doesn't get enough credit for how good he was, mm-hmm. I don't think. Not only that, dude, <clears throat> excuse me, but well, it was, uh, a receiver that's 6'3 is commonplace in the NFL nowadays. Mm-hmm. He was 6'3", 230. A 6'3", 230 yeah. receiver. Who could run. Yeah, yeah, who had, yeah, yep. And, he, and, he, he and, was and, awesome. As, as athletic as he was, uh, here's what here's what it is. Seven seven of his twelve uh, seasons in Houston, he had over a thousand receiving yards, mm-hmm. and sixty four uh, of his seventy receiving touchdowns in Houston as well. Um, he he is the, I think he he is by far the best receiver they've had. Now you we I know DeAndre Hopkins has got to be on his list. I would say he was the best receiver based on numbers. He's better. He, he did it longer. He he was, and that's taking nothing away from DeAndre Hopkins. He's better than DeAndre Hopkins as a Texan, no question. I love the guy. I thought the guy was awesome. Good choice there. All right. My number three is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yep. Seven seasons, four all pro, four pro bowls, um, you know, 5,000 yard receiving uh, seasons and 10 plus TDs. So for five years there, he was over a thousand yards and 10 plus TDs. Incredibly consistent. It's a shame, you know, mm-hmm. th- like you shouldn't have to lose a player that good in his prime. No. Like they did, you know, with all the mistakes that they made organizationally. Like that dude should should have been there ten years, you, you know, and he's bounced around now a little bit later on in his career. Um, and you know, we'll see what he does in Tennessee here. But nonetheless, I, I'm taking nothing away from. Him. I would go Andre Johnson ahead of him, but I, DeAndre Hopkins was a beast. You know, um, he was the 27th player taken in the first round the year he came out. He was the second wide receiver taken in that first round. Guess who the first receiver was taken ahead of him? Uh. Tavon Austin, oh, taken man. by the Rams, eighth overall. Oh, it, it goes to show you just how in in um, inexact of a science uh, scouting players is. The Rams in the eighth spot took Tavon Austin over DeAndre Hopkins, who goes twenty seventh. And look at how their careers have turned out. Oh yeah, you're right. Inexact science is a good way to put it. All right, who else do you have? Uh, I got to go linebacker Brian Cushing. 
Um, the thing I remember most about him, how many times did we see him take his helmet off? He's got blood coming down his forehead. Uh, I remember him getting in a scuffle with somebody, took his helmet off and headbutted somebody. Somebody headbutted him and his head split open. He yep. goes out for a few plays, comes back in. You talk about tenacious. Uh, he is an organization's all-time leader in tackles. Uh, unfortunately, um, he endured a lot of injuries. You know, in, in his rookie season, he finished tied with Ray Lewis for the most tackles in the AFC. Damn. <laughs> As a okay. rookie. Okay. Okay. Oh, my goodness. He had one of the best rookie season ever, seasons ever. Get this. 133 tackles, four sacks, 10 pass deflections, four interceptions, two forced fumbles. Wow, that's awesome. One of the best, one of the best rookie seasons ever for this guy. He was, man, you're talking about an animal at, at the linebacking position. Dude, he was a, he was a heat-seeking uh, linebacking animal. <laughs> hey, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, he was. He was really, really good. Um, all right, I will go. Uh, I'll give Arian Foster a little love next, Derek. Um, really oh. good running back. Undrafted. Got cut initially by the Texans, sticks around on the practice squad, gets a chance, and makes the most of it. Ends up playing seven seasons, two All-Pros, four Pro Bowls, three straight years over 1,000 yards with the Texans. He's a great example of a guy mm. who overlooked and just stuck to it and, and ended up having a really good career, Arian Foster. And unfortunately, his career was cut short by injuries as well. Yep. He's another one. See, see yeah. uh, what kind of numbers he could have put up. Had, could he been able to? Uh, had he been able to stay healthy? Yep. Um, I will add um, offensive tackle Dwayne Brown to that list. Um, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Um, he started all games as a rookie for the Texans. Yeah, that's how good he was. Do you know yep. in 2010 he did not allow a sack, a QB sack, and in 2011 he wait what was it? No, 2010, he had no holding penalties. And then in 2011, he had no holding penalties and gave up no sacks. Um, dude, he was a mountain of a man to try to get around, but he was so technically sound. Even when you got the advantage on him, he had such long arms, he could reach out and stick you um, and just thoroughly frustrated edge rushers. And he was there for like 11 seasons with the Texans. Um, probably the best left tackle they ever had. I think so. I would agree with that. I would 100% agree with that. I'll give Mario Williams a little love. Uh, there you, you know, go. Really good defensive end. Uh, there was debate at the time, if you remember, do the Texans take Reggie Bush? Do they take Mario Williams? I mean, we could debate which was the better pick, but he played well for them for six years. Made a, He was all pro. He made two Pro Bowls. Uh, you know, just, just a really good defensive end sort of a foundational guy and and you know what during that time period the texans were a pretty good team they weren't bad um and he was a big part of that on the defensive side with cushing and watt and some of those other guys but i'll I'll go uh i'll go mario williams good player yeah 53 out of his 97 and a half career sacks were with the houston texans Mm -hmm. that's the second most in team history uh for that organization tall rangy guy six six three hundred pounds yeah yeah had a great wingspan great get off the snap you know, solid player for them for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring in a, a guy we know well, D'Amico Ryans. Yes. D'Amico Ryans was only like 6'1", but he weighed close to 250 pounds. He was like a Mike Singletary. You know, very quiet when he spoke, but made a lot of noise. He was a thumper, flat-out thumper. He was a rookie defensive uh, defensive rookie of the year. Um, and and uh, – 
he started out playing his first season as an outside backer. Yeah. He played so well when they tried him in like they, they had to keep him inside. Right. And that's where he stayed his entire tenure there. But, you know, we got to see him a lot of times in the Eagles locker room once he went to the Eagles. I mean, what not a, guy. a tall guy, but you talk about put together. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh, he was a tag. And, and what a, what a just a good person. A yeah, just he's got a guy you root for. You, you root for yeah. that guy. He was yeah. pure pure class personified. Hey, we do have an update here, Derek. Uh, Alvin Kamara oh. gets three games. Three games, okay. Three games. He probably uh, got it reduced. Maybe he knocked a game off. Apparently, he he really like leveled with Goodell and 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 didn't hold anything back. So maybe that helped him. I don't know, but um, yeah, he gave Tom Pelissaro, the NFL Network, and Mike Garofalo, also the NFL Network, reporting three games for the fight that he got involved in in Vegas uh, prior to the uh, Pro Bowl back in the day, a couple years back, 2022. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, he pleaded. Uh, he, he was initially charged with a felony, pleaded it down to a misdemeanor charge of breach of peace. Apparently the, the, the person was hurt in it as well. But anyway, yeah. so he gets three games. And, yeah. and Chris uh, Lamons, who was, in, who was the Colts cornerback, who was with him in, in the beatdown, yeah. He got three games as well. Both guys okay. get three games. Um, he is such an, a focal point of their offense. Uh, will be missed. But when you look at their first three games of the season, Tennessee at Carolina at Green Bay, those are all winnable games for them. You know, so as, as much as they need him, at least the schedule is favorable that the Saints could very easily start out three and up. Yeah, Titans at Panthers at Packers. That's the and then the fourth game. game is against Tampa Bay. It could be four and zero. Right. Yeah, I agree. You can you can control that. You can overcome that if you're him. Um, yeah, for sure. So, okay. I mean, we were waiting for it. It was going to happen eventually. Um, all right. Yeah, I got a couple more. You got anybody else from the from the Texans? I got one more. Um, Whitney Merciless, the linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, big-time player for them. He was a first-round pick uh, for them. He played nine seasons in, in Houston. 57 of his 58 career sacks were in Houston. You know, uh, Here's another guy, great outside backer. Um, unfortunately, injuries did his career in. He, he tried to play one year in Green Bay um, and then called it, called it a career. But, you know, it's not a name that, that, that just rolls off your tongue. But, man, what a great player he was, mm-hmm. uh, linebacker. Yeah, no, I, 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 he was a very good player. I'll, I'll go Jonathan Joseph. Okay. Uh, very good defensive back for them. Played nine years. He, he, he was an all pro. He was a two, two time pro bowler. Uh, nice career for them. You know, didn't finish there, but, but still nine years is, is a, is a gone, is a testament to him. Uh, played there a long time. I'll throw one more in there. Chris Myers was a center for them who played seven okay. years for them. Who was pretty solid. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. We didn't put a quarterback in there. Could you make an argument for Matt Schaub, I guess? Yeah, no. I mean, David Carr, Matt Schaub, and then Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. It just wasn't long enough. It wasn't long enough. But the funny thing is, um, his last year down there, Deshaun Watson, and that's why he got this big contract he got from Cleveland. His last year down there, he, he threw for 4,823 yards, right. 33 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Oh, uh, listen, uh, under, you know, again, I'm talking about before yep. you know, all the other stuff went down, but, under, yep. you know, the, he, the, it, it kind of got to the end with O'Brien. There was just a lot going on, and he played great without really awesome talent around him, too. Yep. Um, so, yeah, look, 
That's why Cleveland's an X factor. Uh, they, they just are. If he gets right and there's nothing else off the field, which is a big if, I get it. But if he's if he's right, they're dangerous. That guy's can, yeah. that guy can play. Yeah, he can. He can throw. He can run. Strong. Take a hit. Yes. If that if if Stefanski can get that offense down for him, and especially with the running game they have and the pass catchers they have with Amari Cooper and yeah. that group, yeah, he can do some damage. No question about it. Yeah, and it's I think the thing with that division is like there's definitely good teams in that division, but. I, I don't know. Like, do, do you view anybody as great? Like, do you like Baltimore's solid, but I'm not totally sold. Well, Cincinnati's probably the head of the class. I consider Cincinnati great. And here's the thing, too. Yeah. You know, Cincinnati is the king of that division. Has been the last couple of years. Yeah. But as good as as good as we think Baltimore and Pittsburgh is going to be, yeah. Cleveland can go, Cleveland can go toe to toe with those two teams. Oh, for sure. I agree with you. I, I think it's it's it, it's pretty wide open. Look, I think it's the Bengals' division to lose, but then everybody else is pretty close in talent. Yes, yes. you know Pittsburgh. It's it's all about Pickett. Uh, Cleveland. It's all about Deshaun getting back to his form. Uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. You know the the new look offense. You know they with finally Lamar. got yeah with with Lamar. It, it, they get, he's got a couple weapons. If, if Odell Beckham stays healthy, et cetera. But they're they're all those teams have a distinct possibility to be very good in in the AFC North. For sure, Lamar's got Lamar's got that pressure of that money on it over his uh, shoulders now. Sure does. Yeah, he does. He's got a lot, a lot of, a lot of pressure on him with that bread. All right, we're gonna come back. Uh, we'll give you a feel-good story, which is very, very cool here, Derek, regarding Eastern Michigan and a scholarship and all this other stuff. Yep. We'll get into that. We'll circle back to the Eagles. Very good birthday uh, day today. Movies, eh? We'll see. So we'll hit all that stuff when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right back. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. segment of the show welcome back everybody appreciate you hanging with us we are sports take jacob sports youtube network that's Derek gun i'm rob ellis all right we we love giving you the, the feel good right Derek. so this this one's very cool yes. eastern michigan university uh there was a walk-on uh named zach conti and he he is he's been there he's in going into his senior year okay so he's been there not on scholarship but you know being on the team practicing with them giving them everything he has uh, day in and day out since he since he got there, um, a senior a senior on the team named Brian Dooley elected to give up his scholarship and give it to Conti so he can go to school, you know, without tuition this year. That is a that's a hell of a thing for for that that young man to do. So props to Brian Dooley, man. Very very cool. Well, the um, the guy who gave up his scholarship was the team captain, and that's the epitome of leading by example. He had talked it over with his family. You know, you think about how expensive school can be. The family was fully on board with the gesture. It shows you there's still a lot of good left in the world, man. Yep. You know, yep. there's so much bad out there, but there's still a lot of good left in, in, in the world. You know, we always see the video clips of, you know, the coaches calling the team together. Oh, and he talks about you know, he talks about a player that's outstanding and all of a sudden, you know, a player who's outstanding, who's given his heart for three years and, you know, didn't get a scholarship, had to work two jobs, going to night school. And then they say, well, you know, we're putting you on scholarship. It goes very seldom do you see where one guy who's giving up his scholarship to give it to another guy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about this story. The best man is that, you know, there's, there's, there's still a lot of good out there. Yeah, it, it's it just you need that, right? There's so much other stuff. All right, let me update you on a couple things we were talking about earlier. So it uh, looks like Oregon and Washington are going to the Pac-10. They'll be joined by UCLA. Wait, you mean a Big Ten? Oh, sorry, Big Ten. They're leaving okay. the Pac-10, Pac-12. Oregon and Washington leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten, along with UCLA and USC, uh, who will do that after uh, this season as well. So, uh, well, yeah. That's four teams. And then if Arizona defects and goes to the Big 12, yep. that's five. We're, they're going to have to revamp that entire conference or ban the conference. I agree. I think what you're going to see is everybody else jump ship, I, like Stanford and you know Cal, whatever. You're gonna, you may see all those schools just jump ship. It's tough. It's it's just not what it used to be. Yeah, you know, I guess we have, we just have to get used to it, that it's all about the uh, the Benjamins, you know, for sure. Uh, mm. But, man, oh, man. Um, so – couple other things uh this guy i mean props mercedes lewis is still yeah. playing 
He's agreed yeah. to a one-year deal with the Bears. This would be his 18th season, which would tie Jason Witten and Tony Gonzalez for the most seasons ever played at that position. Man. Dude, he's like the uh, George Blanda of tight ends. I can't yeah. tell you how many years he played in Green Bay. He he may catch he may catch 20 passes in a season. He's a heck of a blocker. That's his yeah. primary role is to block. Yep. But the fact that he's still out there and people still want his services at, at 18 years into into this thing, big body tight end, sure-handed, not fast, you know. Um it's, it's, I guarantee you, Chicago's bringing them in to see what kind of dirt they can get on, on Matt LaFleur and Green Bay's offense. Yeah, they all do it. Every team does it. Grab another player from a team within your division. Um, you know, what can you help us? What can you help us learn about this team? You know, but I still I can't believe after 18 seasons, he's 17 seasons. He still wants to play in the National Football League. I, look, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of. Get as much as you can get. Like if you're one of those guys who loves the game, or or if it's fine, whatever. Till they rip the uniform off. If you want to keep playing, keep playing, man. You're gonna have. He's gonna have. He's gonna have no regrets about everything he gave to the to the you know to the game. So, I, man, go for it. That's More power to you. If somebody out there wants your services, by all means, extend the services. Yep. You're, you're worth whatever someone is willing to pay you. There you uh, go. Is what I've always lived by. All right. Uh, Vikings lose defensive tackle uh, James Lynch towards ACL. Um, mm. So that's that's a little blow to a defense that's a little thin, a little sketchy. Yeah, I'd say they're pretty sketchy on that side of the ball, Derek. In general, well, considering the talent they let get away, uh, I agree with you 100. But again, uh, because of the guy they have orchestrating that defense, um, I, I like the fact that their defense statistically. It's still going to be better than it was a season ago, much to my chagrin, you know. Um, I, I just have so much admiration for Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator. Um, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting because now they're going to have to go out and find another D-tackle somewhere. Right. Sure there's somebody out there. That, hey, who knows? Linville Joseph might go back, you know, yeah. again. Yeah. But Good the, luck. Yeah. Uh, all right, Eagles-wise. So from camp today, day number six, um, hour and 41 minutes is how long it lasted. Second day of back-to-back sessions of training camp. Uh, Patrick Johnson went down, was carted off, initially looked bad, and then the further reports are may not be all that serious. Okay, right. so we'll keep right. it posted. James Bradbury, groin, Kobe Dean, ankle, listed as day-to-day. Uh, they both got banged up yesterday, but they were spectators today. And in for Kobe was Christian Ellis, as, as we you know expected that that would be the case. Um, you have limited right now, Barnett coming back from the knee, Maddox coming back from the toe, and Hassan Reddick's been dealing with that the, the groin thing uh, for a little bit now. Not the best day for, uh, for Jalen Hurts. Had a bit of a tough day, had an interception. Also, there was another play where he, he kind of kept and came up short uh, in, in, a, in a drill and you know, Sirianni got into him a little bit, um, which is good. And, you know, one of the great attributes of Jalen Hurts is he's coachable. Um, so he's he's not going to, you know, go into the fetal position because he's coached up hard. So that is a good thing. Um, he didn't manage the clock property, properly is the best way to put it. And, and, mm-hmm. and Sirianni really gave it to him. And then Hurts went over to the sideline and dropped to the ground and did some push-ups, punishing himself. That wasn't – he wasn't forced to do it. That's, uh, that's it. That's exactly right. Uh, Alameda Zacchaeus made a couple plays today, um, which we, he's been quiet so far. So he made a couple of plays. 
Uh, Goddard had a highlight catch apparently over the middle. Um, Greedy Williams looked good today. Derek, a guy you bring up a lot that we don't yep. maybe talk about much. Yep. Um, you know, we'll see what ends up happening there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, pretty good day all around for them as they keep going. So we're here uh, on the cusp of the uh, the open practice on Sunday. So that will be uh, – that will be Sunday – with the open day. Um, yeah. So let me, let me, let me give you the schedule one more time here. Like, so we're just, when you know, know when they have off uh, coming up, if I can pull it up. Will right. you venture down to the open here. practice? I will not. I'm on the air uh, okay. leading into okay. it, but no, I will not. When I'm, when I sign off, I'm, I'm going to go home and collapse. So that'll probably be my game plan on <laughs> Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> Um, Monday's an off day for them Uh, No player, no no media scheduled Uh, And then walk through Tuesday Wednesday They will practice uh, As they will Thursday Friday's a walk through and then Saturday's the game So a week from Saturday is their first game at the Ravens So that's where we are All right, ready to do some Are you you excited? I am excited, yes To see the preseason game? I am, yeah yeah, even though, the, even though the frontliners aren't playing, I, I am because you're going to see. I, I think at least you're going to see some Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter, maybe some Jordan Davis, a little Nolan bit. I don't think Smith. much. Maybe yeah. Nolan Smith. Yeah, I, I want to see those guys. Yeah, I do. Um, I agree. And there's a couple position battles. How does Christian Ellis look? I know it may be against the two. So yeah, I do want to see a little bit of it. All right, uh, let's do birthdays first. D Gun. Let's start with yes. this one. Barack Obama, our 44th president of the United States, celebrates number 62. So happy birthday, Barack Obama, number 62. Uh, Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong born sure. this day, 1901. One uh, of the greatest. Oh, my God. James Bradbury, Eagles Corner, 30. Yep. Yep. Hits the 3-0 today. Happy birthday, James. Uh, Meghan Markle. I don't know what her title is. I don't get into the royal thing. Uh Married to Harry? Is that who she's married to? Harry. I, mean, I don't know. I think I think you've chastised the British royal family enough. Yeah, you're better yeah. off saying nothing. I'm better off saying nothing. You're correct. Right. Happy birthday, Megan. How about that? I'll say that. <laughs> 42. Billy Bob Thornton, 68 years old. Billy Bob. Um, Daniel Day Kim, very good actor. Uh, 55 years old. Jeff Gordon, you know, one of the all-time greats. NASCAR, 52 years old. Richard Belzer, actor comedian who just passed away pretty recently, is uh, was born on this day, 1944. Greta Gerwig, uh, actress, is 40. Abigail Spencer, actress, is 42 today. Louis Vuitton it was born on this day in 1821. You know, do you know that the product operates in 50 countries and they have, there's over 460 stores worldwide? Louis Vuitton stores worldwide. I believe it, uh, right? I mean, they're they're what is it? What do they make like shoes and purses and stuff? Purses like and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, just huge. Louis Vuitton is the thing. Yeah, if you say it's a Louis Vuitton, it puts you in a whole whole different category, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I have Philly's lineup too. Let me give you the lineup here. Uh is Turner in there? Let's see. He is. He is in the lineup. What? Schwarber leads off. He will designate. He'll be the designated hitter. Two more strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> but Bo- Bohm is number two in the two hole. Uh, he will play third. Yeah, to third base. Bryce Harper hits third. He will play first base, so he's playing in the field. 
Nick Castellanos clean up and right. Uh, Bryson Stott hits fifth at second base. Rel Muto in the lineup. He will catch. He will bat sixth. Brandon Marsh is seventh in left field. Trey Turner uh, in the lineup at shortstop. Hits eighth. And Johan Rojas will bat ninth and play center field. So, yes, Turner is in the lineup. Will they boo? Will they cheer? What would you guys do? I'll ask you in the chat section. Will they? Will you? Would you boo? Would you cheer um, tonight if you were at the game? Uh, I won't do anything. I won't cheer him or boo him. I will be in silence for, right. for Trey Turner. Right. All right. Uh, Roger Clemens, the Rocket, is 61 years old today. Kurt Busch, uh, 45 years old today. James Tupper, the actor, 58 years old today. The great John Riggins. Riggo. Riggo right, Riggo left. Yeah, yeah. 74. That dude was a tough Bru- guy. To bruising runner. Bruising. Man, unbelievable. Uh, 74 years old. Maurice Rashad, the Rocket. Rashad, the Rocket, it was born on this day, 1921. You know Kelly his O'Hara. Claim? No. First NHL player ever to score 50 goals in a season. Wow, that's a that's pretty that's amazing. Up. Yeah, yeah, during that time it was. Um, Kelly O'Hara of the U.S. women's soccer team is 35 today. Leonard Hamilton uh, still coaching Florida State. Leonard Hamilton, 75. If you told me he was 45, I'd believe you, or, or yes. 55. He looks young, man. Yeah, smooth skin. 75 still coaching. You know, God bless him. That's awesome. That is awesome. Will, uh, you, all right. will you be yeah. working if you if you if you're doing something you want to do? Will you be working at 75? Uh, I hope not. I don't want to be working at 75. I want no, to be even if it was something you could do at your own leisure. No, I don't think so. I think I want to just be on a, on a, on an Island somewhere chilling. Really? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. How about you? Um, if it was something I could do um, that I really enjoyed, I would like to do it on my own hours, my own time, not full time, but to do it in my own hours and my own time. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, look, I think there's something to be said for that. I do believe that keeping busy and having something to look forward to is good for you. I really believe that now, whether that's work or something else, I think it is. I think it helps your mental capacity. Physically stimulating. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So I I think that is from that standpoint, it's good. All right. You got any other birthdays? Yeah, we have a, where is he? Marcus Houston, uh, actor. He's 42 today. Great. You ever see the movie You Got Served? Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, one of the stars in that movie. Oh, okay. Uh, 42 today. Uh, Mary Decker, the distance runner, 65 today. Yep. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver for Patriots, is 28. Mm-hmm. Maurice Spates, NBA, ah, today. Yep. Uh, Sam Underwood, who was in Fear of the Walking Dead, is 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Gibb, who played in Revenge of the Nerds and at HBO series First and Ten. Oh yeah, yes. he's he's like a real sort of like uh, he looks like Lyle Alzado or, or yes. one of those guys, yes. kind of yeah, a little bit yeah. Uh, former left field, major league left field fielder Cleon Jones, eighty one today, and Dallas Green was born on this day in nineteen thirty four. Good one, with Delaware man. I'm surprised you missed Dallas. I Green. know I blew Dallas Green on that one. That's a bad job by me, but yeah, that's a he's a Delaware guy, Gunner. He, he's he is he's yeah. a first dater. All right, that's good. All right, all right. Movies, uh, Babe, uh, about the uh, the the little piggy wiggy. Uh, Nineteen ninety five, Talladega Nights with Will Ferrell. Two thousand six, Coyote Ugly. Two thousand, and not a ton else. Uh, what else do you have? Uh, you have the movie James Dean, two thousand one. Uh, in matter of fact, two movies coming out today. 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, uh, Mutant Mayhem. Okay. And one I, one I might go to the movie to see, The Meg 2. You know about the prehistoric shark? That looks good. Yeah, I saw, I saw the trailer. I might. Like I said, I got... My son gave me these uh, Fandango movie gift cards are just sitting here in my, in my drawer at my desk. And I keep saying, I got to go see this movie. I didn't go see Fast and Furious 10. Um, I, I haven't been to a movie. So I, I, I might spend a little money, you know, cash in one of these cards to go see the Meg. Why not, next- right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. shoot. If it's, it's not costing you anything. You should go. It says it's called The Meg to the Trench. I like yeah, the first I've seen some of the commercial Statham, right? Is it is it a Statham movie? Yeah, yeah. I didn't see the first one. Yeah. Oh, you didn't see the first one? No. Oh, you got to see the first one, dude. Okay, I got to check it out. Yeah, I got to the, the commercials, the, the trailers look good on it. Um, all right, we're uh, we're out of time, as they would say in Canada. Uh, want to thank uh, Tone. Good work out of Tone to Shield. Thank you, Tone. Uh, thanks everybody in the chat. We appreciate you guys. Um, we we uh, always have fun hanging out with you. We want to thank everybody streaming, everybody listening. You guys are absolutely the best. Uh, over the weekend, we got three games for the Phillies. We have the Eagles open practice uh, off day Monday for them. So we will certainly dig in hard on everything that goes down over the weekend in not just Philadelphia sports, but sports yeah. in general. Okay. If they, don't, if they don't smack Kansas City all three games, I'm going to have a Rob Ellis uh, mentality on Monday. Good. I'm excited. I good. This is. I, I'm. I can't wait to see this. Either way, it's a win. I don't want to hear two out of three. I don't care if they've won six in a row. They okay. should not come in here and beat this Phillies team one game. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, stay tuned. National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming your way. Appreciate everybody hanging out for Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We have been Sports Take, and we will see you guys on Monday. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.